Let's go. All right. Live back in action with sports talk and style. Soaring through your speakers with strong statements surrounding your cerebellum, seeking the sound to make you stick around. Welcome to another edition of the Third and Three podcast as we hit the ground running with my podcast partners, Tricky Nicky Gist and the Real Deal Damian Adams. This show is presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by StreamYard. We are happy to be here. The music is pumping. It's NFL Madness, Fantasy Football. We got it all for you today. Let's say what's up. Good evening, Nikki. What's happening? What's up? I know football is getting closer and closer and closer. I'm getting more and more excited. So a couple more weeks. Yep. Even the preseason is getting me excited. I ain't kidding around, man. I ain't kidding around, Doug. Going to my boxing partner over here, Damien. What's going on, brother? Doing good, man. Excited for another episode on a great Wednesday night. Ready to kill it as we always do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Killing it in a good way. Killing it in a good way. There's no murdering going on over here except for the way that we do our podcast, shutting it down, bringing it around. Let's go, man. We got a lot of action to talk about. Like I said, it's fantasy frenzy out there, so we're going to talk about it on our show. We had a live draft this Saturday, as we mentioned last week. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome. We're going to talk about it. You guys can be the ones to judge who had the best team. But before that, we get into neighborhood news, as always. And a bit of good news that, uh, Damian, I know it's not your favorite team, but the Atlanta Falcons become the first team with 100% vaccination rate. I think that's great. Do you think that may turn other teams into wanting to do that, the fact that everybody on the Falcons did it, Damian? I don't know if it will, you know, turn other teams towards that, but it is good to see that that team was willing to do it and willing to keep everybody safe. and. It will be a really good study. If that team does not have any COVID cases throughout the year, it will show you that herd immunization will keep everybody safe. Um, so for me, yeah. I love the news of it, and hopefully everything goes well. Because if one person gets COVID on that team after 100% are having the vaccination, they definitely will. The people who don't want to get vaccinated will point to that. Um, so yeah. yeah, I hope everything goes well, and it will prove that if everybody gets vaccinated, then you can have a normal world again. Yeah, let's hope so. And let's hope that that is the case and everybody follows suit. I mean, Nikki, we know that, yes, you can get COVID after being vaccinated. You know, I am, we we all are and everything, but the risk obviously goes way down. And even if you do get it, you seem to be able to recover quickly from it. Anyway, I I commend the Falcons on doing that for being the first team to do with a 100% vaccination rate. Yeah, that has to be tough because I know there's some teams that are struggling. Uh, but yeah, shout out to the Giants. They're at uh, 90%, I think I saw today. So so there are teams out there doing it. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it. It's 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 a fine line between certain things. But yeah, no, it's um, it's good. Good to hear. Yeah, good to hear, definitely. And yes, we'll see how that all does play out indeed. But uh, the Atlanta Falcons, yes, 100% vaccinated, uh, apparently up and down. Uh, Some other news out of the NFL is we're doing a lot of NFL today. Jamal Adams gets what he wants and becomes the highest paid safety in the NFL after his trade um, from over the New York Jets to the Seattle Seahawks. Four years, $70 million. I think he was guaranteed somewhere in the $20 million range or whatever it was. So he's a rich man and Look, look, when that guy is on his game and he wants to play and ready to play, Damien, he's one of the best safeties in the league. So I assume that if anybody's going to get that money, it should be him. 
Yeah, and we predicted this earlier on in the season or offseason when we talked about the highest paid safeties. We said Jamal Adams was going to get paid. He had to get yeah. paid. When you give up that much to get him, you have to pay him afterwards because if you don't, you let him go, let him walk after you traded so many draft picks to get him. Mm-hmm. And he walks after a season that wasn't considered successful because you didn't make it that far in the playoffs. It's a failure. And, you know, you have to look at your GMs like, what are you doing? So they had to sign him to make this seem like a successful trade. And now we'll see if he lives up to the contract. Yeah, yeah, we shall see. And, uh, you know, Nikki, uh, what happens is the Jets get uh, two first-round draft picks out of it, so that's good on them. But uh, Jamal Adams, yeah, look, he's big time. We know with him playing safety, we're going to do the NFC West in a couple of weeks. But Bobby Wagner up the middle, we'll see what they could do up front. Having Jamal Adams helps. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And uh, now he can shut up and stop complaining. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> <shots> fired. Let's <laughs> see. I hate to hear millionaires complain that they don't have enough millions. Yeah. We'll see how much money changes this man if, if indeed it does. He's been a hothead, uh, you know, so far. Let's see if he cools down a little bit. But his play in the field will do the talking, no question. Uh, more news. The Jaguars released their experiment in tight end slash QB slash poster boy of sainthood, Tim Tebow. I'm actually surprised. I thought that maybe they would have waited a little bit longer, but they got rid of him pretty quickly there, Nikki. Yeah, they did. I saw. I was like, oh, damn, already? Like, yeah, yeah. I thought like maybe the first game, you know, I don't know, something, get a little fanfare going. But uh, no, they're like, no, you're done. Do you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like, you're out of here. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that, you know, people can stop talking about all this and that and whatever. And Tim Tebow deserves this or whatever, because he's not going to be playing football this year, Damien, at least not in the NFL. Yeah. They couldn't keep him because the fans are too smart now. Like <laughs> we watch a preseason game, we see him throwing a block and just rolling around and we see him just getting blown up on blocks and we see him running routes and he looks like he's running a five two forty. We see that. <laughs> you can't. You won't be able to fool us into thinking he's good or fool us into thinking he can help this team in any way. Now, if they want to have him on as like a member of the staff, you know, a spiritual leader, something of that nature, cool. <laughs> but he's not going to be a tight end, right? And he, you know, his best position was quarterback and he wasn't good enough to be an NFL quarterback. It's fine. You were a great college quarterback. That's your legacy is, you know, all the humanitarian work that you do, along with being one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time, you weren't that good in the pros. It's fine. It happens. Uh, you, but you still were successful in life. You made all this money being an analyst, your time in the pros. You even got to play, you know, minor league baseball off your name. So yeah. I think Tim Tebow has definitely drained the Tebow brand enough to where he got all he can get out of it as far as being a pro athlete, and uh-huh. now he can go do other things. You know, the one thing he missed out on, though, is the fact that they passed this law. And now, you know, within college, they can make money off their likeness. Can you imagine how much money that guy would have made? I mean, during his college year. Oh, that's a great point. He would have made tons of money in college if they had his room back then. Tons of money. Him, Reggie Bush, like those guys would have made a killing. They really would have. Yeah, Yeah. it would have been something else. No doubt about it. Uh, Very interesting. Um, I want to go to the Patriots for a second. You know, Cam, Cam, excuse me. Bill Belichick did say that Cam Newton is going to be the day one starter. Um, we got a couple of preseason games left. Do you think that can sway the decision, Nikki, if Mac Jones has a performance like he did over the weekend and just increasingly gets better? Yeah, maybe. Why not? I guess you have to see, though. 
that's what a QB competition is about. But yeah. that's the thing. That's what I hear that it's not a competition. So yeah but he like uh, please all these coaches like say whatever you know to throw you off the scent like i don't believe anything they say in a press conference nothing that's fair especially bill belichick yeah right if he can understand what he says you you know we're gonna go out there we're gonna play the best quarterback we can't like what do you expect (laughs) him to say like yeah this is an intense competition if one is worse i'm gonna yank the other one put the other guy of course he's gonna be like cam's a starter we're on to the next preseason game like yeah yeah i don't know what what do you think damien you think there's anything to it or you know like i mean again we still have time left to see but if Mac Jones does outperform him in the preseason, do you think that he would get that starting nod week one, or do you think they're going to stay with Cam until either something you know bad happens, or you know they ride him out and he's playing well? Yeah, I think they've seen the gap between Cam and Mac in practice, and that's why they've gone ahead and announced that Cam's going to be a day one starter. They probably, when they drafted Mac, already had in mind that he would sit behind Cam for a little bit because they signed Cam, you know, before the draft. Right. So they already had that in mind, and that's what's going to be their game plan. Um, so I don't think anything's going to change over these next few preseason games. And I think Cam will be on a short leash, though. If he gets, you know, three, four bad games in a row, that's when you'll see Mac Jones. But I'm, I'm glad Cam gets a chance to show what he can do. Yeah, especially with a, yeah, with a full off season, no doubt about it. Yeah, and the thing is, um, if they do turn to Mac Jones, it's not like they're losing a lot in the financial situation, but because they're only giving him about three point five million this year, so um, that's interesting. That's uh, you know, not a whole lot of money for a guy at Cam's stature, but you know, better than what he got last year. Um, this is really interesting that Brian Weinstein brings this up because I was going there exactly. So that mental connection is working all the way from New York to Florida. He's asking, what are your all thoughts on two? I saw him at training camp today and honestly, he doesn't look good. Jacoby Brissett looks better. And I was going to go to that. That was my very next question to you guys. Really amazing. Is this already a make or break year for two? And now let's be mindful that he only played in or started what uh, nine games last year, I think it was, and he got pulled a couple of times. They didn't have a full off season. Um, I know that he hasn't looked great so far. He was pretty accurate in the game that he played. I know that. Um, I think I think he had that pick. I'm not 100 percent sure again on the stats, but I've been a guy who's advocated for two with saying, you know, let them open up the offense more. They've given him a lot of weapons this year. You know, Will Fuller coming over and stuff like that. So I want to see what they can do. And it's kind of hard to say make a break year already. A guy hasn't even had a full season under his belt. But I think that they should ride it out with Tua until they say, you know what, this guy really doesn't have it. Because, again, they spent the fifth-round draft pick on him, Nikki. I mean, I, I'm sorry, the number five overall pick, not fifth-round draft pick. Yeah, I um, I just – can we give the kid, like, a full year? You I know? think so, yeah. Can we give him a chance, let him get these – you know, let him use his new toys and his new weapons, and let's just – like let's just see i hate to say make or break it i i understand that that's like what this league is now it's like slightly unfair um but i i just want to see him with a with a full healthy year with all his weapons everyone intact so let's just can we give it a year can we just see <laughs> like that that's the way i feel i feel the yeah. same way he's got weapons out there so you know with a full year and having these weapons you know 17 games damien you know even if he doesn't pick it up in the first week, two or three, you know, I feel like maybe he would get better as the year goes along. Again, I think they have to ride it out with this guy for at least a full year and then see what options may lie afterward. But uh, what are your thoughts on two and what's gone on so far? 
Yeah, with me, you know, when we talked about the AFC East, I said I wasn't a two of a lever. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this isn't shocking, but also it's not, you know, me saying I told you so yet because <laughs> we haven't seen anything yet as far as the games. So I do think you, you know, he deserves to have a full season as the guy. Uh, but it is make a break. If he goes out there with a team that has the talent that Miami has and he doesn't look good in year two, this is not, you know, it's different now than it was in the past when it comes to development of quarterbacks. Now mm-hmm. with quarterbacks coming in like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and balling out in their first year, Lamar Jackson when he came in, or you know, you have you have some quarterbacks that have that time where they have to develop, like a Josh Allen, for example, who had his first two years where he didn't look like he was going to be the guy he is now. But we still saw just glimpses with Josh Allen. With Tua, we haven't saw any glimpses yet. So with Tua, he needs to at least show those glimpses this year to where we can say, okay, maybe he can improve like a Josh Allen did and become that guy. But if he doesn't show glimpses, I can see them looking for another QB next year. Yeah, well, big standards to live up the way that Josh Allen played last year and got paid this year. We'll see, you know. But um, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to watch and see what happens to Tua. The division got a little bit tougher, minus the Jets over there. No offense there, Brian. Um, really quick, uh, very quick, guys, around the table. Matty Ice from Atlanta looking really good. Do you think it's his last year in Atlanta? Mm. What do you uh, think? I don't know if it's his last year because that contract is still, I think it's two years before they can get out from under that contract. That's one of the reasons they drafted Kyle Pitts instead of a quarterback is because mm-hmm. that contract doesn't give him really you know, any flexibility. Um, so I think he'll be there for a couple more years. And it's tough because they're not in a position to be good, and he's a veteran. So it's a tough position for him to be in, but I don't see them being able to get rid of him unless, you know, they get like a trade partner. But who's going to really trade for him at this point? You know, is there a team out there that's saying, oh, we're just a quarterback away, maybe a Denver? Maybe a Denver will be a good spot. Um, But outside of that, is there a team really looking for just a QB? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's interesting. You know, I don't think that he's done by any means. Will he be done in Atlanta, Nikki? I mean, yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers moves on, maybe he goes to the Packers or something like that. I mean, unless they're not in love with, you know, with with love, no pun intended over there. But uh, I don't know. Do you think it's last year in Atlanta? No, I don't think it's his last year. But that is interesting, D. Maybe Matt Ryan to Denver. You heard it here first. We Everyone knows we predict these trades. <laughs> All the time correctly. So that would be interesting. But I don't I don't think that would happen. I think he'd probably stay another year. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Tom will tell him. We'll see how good they do this year. We want to say what up to Ty Ray over there. We're a fan of his. No doubt. What up, Ty Ray? What's going on, man? Uh, hey, guys. All right. True or false? Real quick. Lamar Jackson has to become significantly better in the pocket in order for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Damien, what say you? Ooh. Oh. Significantly. Damn, we're not ready for these quizzes, Jay. Jay's yeah, the quizzes right in the <laughs> Trying to do um, my knowledge for Jason over here. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I'm going to say yes. I do think he has to become a better pocket passer for them to be a true Super Bowl contender. Um, they've been really close, but I think for him to go forward as a quarterback, he needs to be better in the pocket because he doesn't want to depend on his legs going forward as he gets older. Right now, he's still young, like 24, 25, whatever it is now. But as he ages, he wants to be able to have longevity and not be in a position where, say, a Cam Newton is now when he's 31. So if he doesn't want to be in that position, he has to get better as a pocket passer and not run as much. He's still, because he's such a dynamic runner, still going to be 
that's going to be used, it'll be there'll be a crime not to use it, right? Of course. But, but you have to use it in moderation going forward. Yeah. Um, so I think he does have to get better, not only for the team to win, but for him to have longevity in his career. Yeah. Going into this fourth year, Nikki, we know that they drafted, you know, Rashad Bateman. Unfortunately, the entire wide receiving core is hurt right now, except for that tight end, Mark Andrews. But um, this would be a year to show that, yeah, I can throw the ball downfield. I can stick in the pocket and I don't have to run around all the time. So, um, I do feel that even though he's a former MVP, he's got the skill. They haven't had the success in the playoffs. I agree. He's got to become significantly better in, in the pocket in order for these guys to win. Yeah, that no, three I, has to be there. It does. And I agree with you guys. And we said it, you know, all last season, especially towards the end of the season. And uh, no, I think he, he needs to. How, how long, how much longer, if he doesn't this year, how much longer do you guys give him? Like if there's no step forward, if he's like like a slight improvement from what we saw last season. With his athletic ability, D, I would say that he still would have some time and again learning how to, you know, again make those pocket passes and read his offense. I would I would still give him time. Yeah, he would still have quite, you know, quite amount of time because he is so dynamic that he'll still be effective. And they'll still be a good team if that defense is good. And they'll be able to run the ball so effectively that there's no reason to panic and get rid of them at this point. Um, so you would still think you're a Super Bowl contender with Lamar Jackson, and you would give him a couple more years. They have to sign. It would probably most likely sign him to an extension soon. So he would get another four or five years before they're like, okay, this isn't working. You're not improving. Yeah. Now we have to change. But because he's so young, because he's so dynamic, and the way that offense works, I think he'll have – a good amount of time before they start thinking about doing anything else. Yeah, that's that's a good point with the extension right there is that he's probably going to get it this year. I mean, they would be silly not to keep him unless, God forbid, injury or something like that. Um, continuing with neighborhood news, and again, it seems like I'm quizzing you guys over here, but you know, we've gone over the entire AFC as we move into the NFC. We did the East last week. We're going to do the NFC North this week, but we all agree that the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC, but who would be – the number one contender to them? Is it Buffalo? Is it Tennessee? Is it uh, Cleveland? Dare I say the Patriots, you know? So mm-hmm. if you had to pick one team that they would probably play in the AFC championship, who do you think the number one contender is? Uh, I would have to go with Buffalo, even okay. though it's tough to have a rematch in the AFC championship game. Like you rarely, you rarely see that. You haven't seen those rematch in those championship games since, you know, the Cowboys and 49ers days. Really. That's right. And, in some of the, you know, some of the Patriots and coach years where you had that. But outside of those, you don't normally see that because it's so hard to be consistently at that level in the NFL. Like we said, normally there's at least four or five different teams in the playoffs. And there's so, there's so many stuff that is going to come on this season that we don't know about yet. There's going to be a few teams that are going to just come out of nowhere and be like, this team is good for real. And it's going to shock us. So it's so difficult to do that. But I do think the Bills are the best team. And Cleveland, it may shock you, Nikki, but they're right there as far as their roster of being complete. And if Baker Mayfield can take one more notch up and be a guy that you can depend on, you know, maybe they are that team that can really challenge the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, but Baker doesn't have to take that quantum leap, but he can, he can take a big, like, big broad jump, you know, or something like that forward. And a broad jump. <laughs> <laughs> 
What about you, Nikki? Do you agree you think it's Buffalo or do you see another team this year? No, I think it would be Buffalo. I mean, I guess no, I mean, I could see Tennessee, right? Sure. That defense, if they I think like you know, we had talked about, I think now this year they can play that defense that they want to. Um, but yeah, I would say Buffalo is is a likely favorite. But I would mm-hmm. love to see some like dark horse team come and just blow it all up. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be and look, we know that that happens in the playoffs, yeah. guys. There is at least six new teams that come in every single year. So we know that when we pick our playoff teams, we're going to be wrong on a lot of them because it's really hard to pick the ones that are sneaky that come in like you guys are talking about. So that'll be fun. Um, Let's go over our games really quick from the preseason. I want to know what you guys took away from your team, starting with you, Nikki, and your Giants. I know it was a low-scoring affair, but what did you see that made you either cringe or made you clap? Um, I just really realized how much I hate preseason. I thought <laughs> that I would miss it last year. You know, we didn't have it. Uh, but yeah, no, I really, really hate it. I hate the fans that overreact, like, like relax. It's the Jets Giants yeah. game. There's third stringers that like everybody calm down on both sides. Everybody calm down. There is just, oh, Zach Wilson. Is just relax, calm down. Yeah. Let's see my thing is though <laughs> tom brady he's a thousand years old right he's even out there he's taking like two snaps maybe a little something why isn't daniel jones out there you have everything to prove you want to talk about make or break it this is his make or break it year you can't go out there for a little bit mm-hmm. oh he might get hurt oh uh, okay well he might get hit by a bus tomorrow too like uh we <laughs> kind of see what's going on like i i just don't understand why he couldn't take a couple snaps so that that made me cringe but uh you know special teams look pretty good defense i'm excited about but i don't understand why i couldn't see daniel jones just for a little bit then you yeah. like for like something yeah it seems like most of the starting quarterbacks were getting out there for at least a, a series you know even uh jimmy garoppolo went out there for a series so I definitely understand that. Um, D, your team, you know, with your two quarterbacks, you know, not the most impressive outing, but what did you take away from it? Well, the part that made me cringe was the six turnovers we had. Definitely not good. Um, But it's also good that it's happening now. Like the fact that we have preseason this year, you can work on that throughout training camp and get out of your system. And a lot of it was fumbles by players who I don't think will be on the squad. Mm. Um, And the part that made me – look like okay i can see this is the fact that we had six turnovers and lost by three points so our defense <laughs> our defense definitely played well <laughs> yeah <laughs> our defense played well now we didn't play against lamar jackson jk Dobbins didn't play either um so there was definitely some starters out but the fact that our defense played that well and they didn't score the third or the winning touchdown until it was the third stringers in the fourth quarter so mm. With preseason, you have to really look at when ha- what happens and when it happens if you're going to really talk about it. Um, sure. So, but when it comes to the two QBs, I definitely think Jameis looked better because Jameis can make the NFL throws, and when he's on point, his you know I know his arm talent is there. So when a few of the throws he made, you're like, okay, I forgot this is why Jameis was number one overall pick, right? Like some of the throws, you're like, okay, I see why we took a chance on him. Uh, with Taysom, I didn't see anything that made me say, oh, I see why, you know, he's getting $12 million this year. I didn't see anything to make me think that from the QB position. Um, his interception that he threw was just a bad pass. Uh, Jameis yeah. threw one, but the one that Jameis threw was a catchable ball. 
it was a little late. So the cornerback had a chance to get underneath it and bump into the wide receiver as he was catching it, hit the wide receiver's hands, but then it went up, safety caught it. So it wasn't like a horrible decision by Jameis. just was a throw that was a little bit late. So I'm not mad at that one. With Taysom, it just was a horrible pass. Um, So I definitely think Jameis is looking better right now as far as being the starter. And our wide receiver core is a little thin, but we do have a tight end that converted from wide receiver named Jawan Johnson, who's looking really, really good in camp and could be like a secret weapon for us. Somebody could be like a Jimmy Graham-like player for us, I think, because he's so fast being a former wide receiver at tight end position, but also is big and looks like a tight end because he's just he's somebody who probably should have been tight end all along, but was so fast enough to be a wide receiver. Mm. So I, from the first preseason game, I feel good. And I think those mistakes can be alleviated throughout time. All right. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, going to my Niners. Um, I, I really like what I saw for the most part. You know, we didn't get too crazy with our play calling. We're not going to show our hand, you know, before the season starts. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo looked good in his limited series and and everything like that. Um but uh, when Trey Lance got in there, that's what we all wanted to see and how he was going to react. So I took two things away from it. One, the kids got mad skills. There's no question about it. You can already see with the way that he rolled all the way out to the right and threw that ball all the way to the other side of the field, pinpoint accurate. It was a beautiful thing. Um, he made a couple other really good passes, but the thing that I didn't like was that he took too many sacks. I think he took three sacks uh, in that first half. And that's what got me a little worried. It really wasn't the offensive line's fault. It was him holding on to the ball a little long. So he's going to have to make sure he knows how to go through, the, go, uh, through those reads. I did like what I saw out of Trey Sermon. You know, um, he's our second, uh, he's, a, he's our backup running back to Raheem Mostert. And they're probably going to split the carries this year, but he's a rough, tough guy and he's fast. So I like our running back position a lot. And we know that Kyle Shanahan likes to ch- switch up his running backs and keep fresh legs in there. So Drafting that kid was a really good idea. And as far as the defense goes, again, we just need help on the back end. That's what we need. So we're going to have to keep rushing for. We picked up Haha Clinton Dix, who's longtime NFC North guy, played for the Packers, played for the Bears. Let's see if he can help us out in the absence of guys like Richard Sherman. So we'll see how it goes. But overall, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to the next game when we play the Chargers uh, over the weekend. So. We'll see what happens with that one. But, yeah, those are our teams, and definitely wanted to go over that and get you guys' thoughts on that real quick. Um, did we, by any chance, anybody see Hard Knocks, just out of curiosity? I did. I caught up last night. You did. All right. Uh, Nikki, did you happen to catch up on it, or you're like, Dallas, I don't give a damn? I refuse. Nope. Yeah, she refuses. She's Dallas. She Forget it. It's out. So, yeah, real quick, D, I mean, the first episode I loved, it was more like a reality TV show is what it felt like. The second episode was all football business, no doubt. And and I'm cool with that. And they featured this guy, Kamara, um, who we're learning about. And he was really in that episode. And he ended up making plays in that game against the Cardinals. So I like when they do those features on the guys that we don't know, not the household names. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that part as well. Uh, he has a really good story. Um, and, then, you know, the fact that his mom had to get them away from the Ivory Coast to get them to safety and the fact that right. he's making to the NFL now. Hopefully he does make the roster. I'm rooting for him. Uh, and the quarterback as well, the one that they featured, uh, giving him some, you know, some laugh, some love there. I like that. Uh, the first episode, it was funny because uh, Dak and Zeke, man, uh, they're cute, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yo, talk him rapping that, Zeke rapping that present, that was like, so that was comedy at, at its best right there. I mean, Nikki, 
I don't know how to wrap presents either. All right, so I'm not going to no, front yeah. that. This guy, the gift bag queen. He was taking things left and right that weren't even sticking. It was absolutely hysterical. It was. It was funny. But you could tell they're really best friends. Yeah. Uh, It's it's super dope that they're on the team together. Uh, With Dak, it was, you know, something that I didn't know that he had to have a second surgery on his ankle uh, before he got back. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Nasty injury. They showed they the first, you know, the first scene of the first episode, they showed an injury again. which, uh, you know, I'm like, I get, I get it. Why? Because you're showing, you're setting up the story, but we don't they need to see that it, again. <laughs> yeah, they showed it like three times over. I'm like, oh, enough, man. I'm like, this guy's yeah. leg is the complete opposite way of what it should be. Stop. Yeah. And the fact that he said he thought he just rolled his ankle at first <laughs> until he looked over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is this is way worse than just a twisted ankle. Oh my god. So, yeah. Yeah, it had to be crazy once the shock went off and the pain set in. It had to be gnarly. Um, but Zeke looks good. You can tell about the weight loss there. And yeah. uh, C.D. Lamb, you know, he looks really good. Uh, so Dallas does. definitely has talent. We know that. We know they have talent. They have talent every year. Uh, but do they have any talent on the defensive side? And I haven't seen that on Hard Knocks uh, yet outside what about of Mike you know, Parsons? Kamara. Mike Parsons looks great. He does. Michael Parsons does look really good. I uh, like his competitiveness. I uh, like how I think it was a backup running back was going at him, but the backup running back did get him on that route. He did a little wheel route on him um, and got him on that one. Uh, so I like the competitiveness. I love watching the players go at it and compete. So it's always going to be fun to watch. I think they've done a good job. Hard Knocks is good for football fans. Like you're going to, you can't really disappoint us when you're showing the inside things on it. Um, I did like the little mojo thing that uh, Mike McCarthy did with Austin Powers trying to do something to relate yeah. to the players and yeah. had a mojo moment. So I like that. So it's something that, you know, it keeps you going, especially in training camp. I could imagine it gets really boring doing the same thing over and over again. So doing something like that to really keep them engaged, I liked a lot. So it's been two uh, good episodes and I can see why, you know, it would be something that people would like. And they definitely go to your rule, Nikki, mm-hmm. all the cursings allowed. Yes, yeah, <laughs> rated triple R. There's no question about it, There's, and that nothing is bleeped out. That is for damn sure. Nothing is yeah. bleeped out. Love it, love right. it. Yeah, I oh, figured I would hit you like the uh, uh, what the defensive line coach, the one that's uh, from England. Oh yeah, he he, his accent. <laughs> oh, the players are ripping him, man. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's kind of hard to earn that respect, I guess, when you're from another country and you're teaching these guys in that accent and they're making fun of you. It's like, come on already, dude. You know, this is your coach right now. Let's get it going. Come on. What is he, but, British? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, look, yeah. Uh, let me see. Can you guys do a British accent? Mine no. Can I get you a little spot of tea? Can I get you a little spot of tea? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you guys. I can do. Yeah. Oh, that was that was bloody good, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just a freaking wanker when it comes to this stuff. I can't do it. <laughs> hey, I got a little game for you guys. I know, again, okay. we don't plan anything over here, but I do have a little game, all right? And it's called Haya. All right, so let me get my little higher action. Play it for me. It won't play. Of course it won't. I hate this damn technology. Anyway, we're going to do higher or lower. Here we go. (laughs) Or are we going to go lower? 
So it didn't work out. Now you lot. think of the Olympics, right? You think of Snoop and his Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We're going to do a little higher, lower action right now. So you, I'm going to give you guys a name and a number. You're going to tell me if it's higher or lower. All right. Here we go. We're going to start with the best quarterback in the league. That is Patrick Mahomes. 45 total touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. Damien, higher or lower? Oh, man. I'm going to go higher. I think that he he really balls out this year, especially if he plays all 17 games. I'm going to go higher. All right. All right. Damien's going higher. Nikki, what do you think? 45 total touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. I hate these games. I never know what to pick. Um, (laughs) Don't worry. We won't hold you to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say 42. Okay. All right. She's going with 42. We have that 45 number. That's tough on total touchdowns. I could see him running for about five or six this year. And I think he's a man on a mission. I'm going to go over myself. All right. Next one up. Julio Jones, 75 catches, higher or lower Damien? I'm going to go lower based on the nature of that offense, but impact catches though, but lower than 75. I dig that answer. I like it. What do you think, Nikki? Yeah, lower. I don't like I've said, I don't think he's going to have the years that he's normally had, like he you like everyone was used to in Atlanta. So I'm going lower. Yeah. And you know, no foreshadowing, but maybe one of the reasons why he's being drafted so low in fantasy. I've never seen Julio Jones being drafted so low in my life. Even in our draft, it's pretty amazing. Julio Jones, 75 catches. I have to agree with you guys. I'm gonna go lower on that one. I think the ball will be you know, going to A.J. Brown a little bit more, um, you know, the, obviously, like Damien pointed out, they're a run-heavy team. So maybe 65 to 70, I think he'll get close. All right, I got another receiver for you. Devontae Adams, he had, seven, what, I think, 17 or 18 touchdowns last year. I'm saying 15 touchdowns this year, higher or lower. Nikki, you go first. Mm, slightly lower. Slightly lower for Devontae Adams, 15 touchdowns. All right, Damien, what do you think? All right, Damien, all right. Oh, what did you say? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nick, was that you? Yeah, I can't hear Damien all of a sudden. Can you guys hear me? I hear you. Can yeah, you? I missed that. Yeah, Damien. Oh, I you. Yeah. Yes, now I can oh, hear you. Oh, did you miss my whole explanation? Or yeah, I'm sorry. Do it again, brother. Do it again. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna go slightly lower than 15. I think that the ball will be more spread out this year among their offense. So I think he'll still be awesome, but lower than 15. I'm gonna go higher, man. You know, this guy wants to be paid the top wide receiver money more than anybody in the league. I think that him and Aaron Rodgers are maybe the best combination in the league next to Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, possibly maybe Allen and Stefan Diggs. But these guys got it going on. And when they're in the red zone, they look Devontae Adams' way all the time if he's in single coverage. I'm going to go over, actually. I'm going to go the other way. All right. Um, I just mentioned Josh Allen. Ironically, he's the next on my list. 
17 games this year, guys. 4,800 yards passing for Josh Allen. Nikki, what do you think? Over. Over. Oh, she said that with the quickness right there. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. And Damien. Monster year for him. Okay. Okay. This was Damien's quantum leap from last <laughs> year, and it pulled through. So, D, does he go for more than 4,800 yards? Yeah, I'm going for 5,000 this year, so I'm going over. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Man, are you guys in there? All right. All right. 4,800. That's a lot. Um, yeah, they're going to be slinging it, man. Oh, God, they, they don't run the ball very well. They're, they're working on it this preseason. But, yeah, I can see him and Diggs hooking up big time. So, I, I think I'm going to agree with you guys. I think I'm going to go over with that extra game if, indeed, they, in fact, need it for that number one overall spot. You never know. We'll see what happens with the Chiefs. All right, next one. Let's go defense. Jalen Ramsey, seven interceptions this year. And mind you, he's going to be playing a lot of safety from what I hear. So he'll be more of a ball hawk in that way, Damian. So what do you think? Seven interceptions. Is that too much, higher or lower? I'm going to go lower uh, just because I think teams are going to be making sure they stay away from him. And they did lose two really important pieces of that secondary. So I think teams are going to be attacking those new pieces going away from Jalen. Okay. All right. What do you think, Nikki? Mm, yeah, I'm gonna go lower. I'm gonna say like five. So if, okay, five. That's not a bad number, and that's still a decent year for any for any quarterback. Um, look, with all the pressure that they apply and his ball hawking skills, I, I you know I'm pressed to say a push at seven, but if I had to, I I would say over. I think he's gonna have a phenomenal year. I think he's gonna be picking balls off left and right. And so I know that's a lot, but uh, let's see. All right, next guy up, Christian McCaffrey making his comeback, two thousand yards. Total from the line of scrimmage, Damien, higher or lower? Yeah, if he's healthy, I'm going over because last time he was healthy, he had what 2,400 yards, something close to that. Yeah, yeah, so I think he goes over. They're going to be depending on him a lot. Sam Donald, your best friend as a new QB in a new system, is a running back who can catch the ball. That's so right, I think he's getting a lot of passes, a lot of runs. He's going to get used, and that being the highest paid running back, they're going to make sure they get their money's worth this year. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm sure they will, even after coming off injury. So, Nikki, do you think the same 2,000 total yards from scrimmage for Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I'm going to go over for sure. All right, all right, going over. Okay, yeah, look, Sam Darnold, that is definitely going to be his best friend. 2,000 total yards, it's very hard to do. Uh, Can he rush for 1,300, catch 700 yards passing? Can he do it? Yeah, but you know what, guys? I'm going to say a little bit lower this year. I mean, maybe it'll be in the – Late 1800, early 1900 range, but still have a phenomenal year. All right, we got a few more over here. Let's go through it quickly. DeAndre Hopkins, 1500 yards receiving, Damian. Mm, I'm going to go slightly over. Another year with Colin Murray, that chemistry gets better. So I think he goes over 1500 yards. Okay. All right. So DeAndre Hopkins over 1,500 yards says, Damian, Nikki, what say you with the addition of A.J. Green over there, if that makes a difference? Yeah, I don't think it does. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I don't. Um, over, but not by much. A little bit over. A little bit over for DeAndre. All right. Um, 1,500's a lot. And Kyle Murray likes to run the ball. Uh, Kyler Murray, excuse me, Kyle Murray. He likes to run the ball. Um I don't know. I think they're going to put more emphasis on the run this year also. Chase Edmonds, one of my draft picks, a little foreshadowing before we get to that in a couple of minutes over here. Uh, I'm going to say a little bit under than 1,500 yards. That's that's a lot, even though there are 17 games. All right, two more. Nick Bosa, my boy, sacks, 15 of them. 
Can Nick Bosa get 15 sacks this year, higher or lower? Nikki, what do you say? Mm, I don't know. Lower. <laughs> lower. All right. 15 is a lot. Yeah, it 15, is a lot. 15 a lot. It is. The record is uh, what, what, 22 and a half, unruly held by Michael Strahan with a bunch of BS by Brett Favre. But nevertheless, <laughs> Nick Bosa, hey, what do you think? 15 sacks? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go lower. 15 is a hard number to get to. And Nick Bosa, has Nick Bosa played a full season yet? His rookie year. Rookie year. So, yeah, it's going to be tough to get there. Even in 17 games, it's tough to get to 15 sacks. And usually with him, you're going to get chipped a lot by the running back, tight ends. Uh, So I think he'll have a major impact and still be a monster. But I'm going to go lower than 15. Uh, maybe it's a homer pick for me, but I think that he could do it. That guy is an absolute beast, man. He really is. And again, the other the other guys on the line, they're not you know maybe not as good as Nick Bosa, but they're right there. I mean, with guys like Eric Armstead, look, Javon Kinlaw is going to have a big year. I think that there's no stopping Nick Bosa if he's going to be in, you know somebody they're trying to single him up. Forget about it. All right, the very last one. A lot of people are saying that he may be actually be the best running back in the NFL. I happen to disagree. Dalvin Cook, though, they're big on him this year. 1,800 yards rushing, not total, rushing yards for Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Nikki, what do you think? Hmm. I'm gonna go, uh, no, I'm going to go a little lower. Okay, okay. He's definitely a pure runner, so we know that he's going to be running the ball a lot over there. Um, They need him. They need him especially to stay healthy, Damien. What do you think? Can he do it 1,800 yards, higher or lower? I'm going a little lower, even if he plays the full 17 games. I had him projected at like 1750, so I'm going okay. a little bit lower than 1800. Okay, so close enough, though, close enough. Uh, 1800 is an awful lot, and with the way that he's so streaky, I'm not sure he's going to be able to get to that that amount. But um, yeah. I'm sure that he can get kind of close. I, I wouldn't doubt 16, even close to 1700 yards. All right, so I wanted to play a little higher lower with you guys over there. I hope the audience did enjoy it. As we move on to our next event over here, I told you we had a fantasy draft on Saturday, and it was freaking awesome. We had 10 of us right on StreamYard. It was great. You know, we were kind of making fun of each other's picks a little bit, a little bit of baby crying in the background. That was fun. We had somebody driving. Thank God everybody was safe. But it turned out to be a beautiful thing. Damien, you were the commissioner of this league, and my man, you handled that thing with absolute beauty. I don't know how you did it, but you managed nine of us, man. Well done. Yeah, that was awesome. I don't know how you did that either. Like, you kept track of who was going. You kept track of your team and who was picked. And then, like, we'd go off the rails. He'd reel us back in. And then, like, you knew who needed some time. So you'd run down the teams, buy us an extra minute there. That was a fantastic job. I couldn't have done that. No way. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. It really means a lot, especially coming from the quarterback of our podcast who, you know, <laughs> reigns me and Nikki back in yes. all the time. <laughs> so all the time. I, I, yeah, so I'll definitely take pointers from you, Jay. Uh, but yeah, now nah, it's something that, you know, me being a host, like Jay's seen you do it before too, as well. It's something I've been working on. We did the all-time NBA draft where it's something that I've been trying to perfect that part of podcasting, being a host and facilitating the ball pretty much to everybody else. So it's something that I'll, We'll continue to work on, but it definitely feels good to hear you guys say that I did a good job. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah, bro. you did. Yeah. I would have been like, bloop, leave studio. You guys are just <laughs> like, too much. that's it. 
I couldn't have done it better myself, man. I'm saying that was that was an excellent, excellent job. And again, I love the way that you broke it up. And like Nikki said, you know, give a little bit of that extra time by going over the team and everything and who they drafted. So really well done job out of you. So why don't we talk about that? Let's go over our teams, guys, and let's compare and let's see what the audience actually thinks, whether they are commenting now or listening to it after. I can't wait. But um, yeah, here we go. I mean, not in any specific order. Here is my team. And I'm going to tell you guys, I'm really happy with it. And I'll give you a couple of reasons why when I'm done. So I got Russell Wilson as my quarterback. I'm ecstatic about that. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson thinks they're going to have the best offense in the league this year. When that man speaks, I listen to him. I drafted Alvin Kamara first. I also have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think that's a really nice combination. But to back up, I mentioned I had Chase Edmonds, who a lot of people sometimes say who. But look up his stats from last year. The guy is freaking awesome. And I know that James Conner is backing him up, but I still like him over there. And I got Daryl Henderson because Cam Akers is now out for the year with the Los Angeles Rams, who a lot of teams, a lot of people are really high on. So I would assume he's getting them goal line carries and getting to the end zone. My receivers are Terry McLaurin, who Ryan Fitzpatrick, despite his ups and downs, is going to get him the ball. I also got Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, my boy Debo Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I got really late. And Mike Williams from the Chargers, who, yeah, he's not always healthy, but when he does play, he's a monster. So I'll be looking out for that. My tight end, Mark Andrews. George Kittle was taken. Travis Kelsey was taken. I think Darren Wall was taken. Yep. Uh, So I went with Mark Andrews on that one. My kicker, Matt Gay, again from the Rams. I feel like they're going to score points, so why not? And what really made it great for me at the end to close it out is in the second to last round, guys, I got Pittsburgh's defense. And by, you know, by a lot of standards, whether it's ESPN or different uh, sites, they have Pittsburgh second behind Tampa Bay as far as defense goes. So I really feel like I got a steal right there. I feel like my team is complete. Maybe I can have a little bit better in the wide receiver range. I love McLaurin. Cooper could be on off a little bit. Um, I think I drafted Chris Chris Godwin a little bit too early because they do have Mike Evans and Antonio Brown over there. But what I did, guys, already was make my first waiver wire move and I picked up Antonio Brown, and I dropped Michael Carter, the Jets running back. So I got Antonio Brown on my team. Tom Brady loves him. So that's my full team right there uh, as of now, guys. I don't know how quickly I'll be going back to the waiver wire, but I saw Antonio Brown there, and I, and I wanted him. So that's my team right there. Uh, but what do you guys think before we get into your team? I mean, taking all bias aside, you know, and, and I can handle it. Do I get a C plus? Do I get an A minus? Do I get a B? What do you think, Damian? Nah, you drafted a really good team. I'll give it a B. I definitely like what you were able to do there. You're definitely set the QB position, unlike myself. <laughs> you said <set> there. <laughs> but <laughs> but nah, your team is good, man. I like your squad. I think and I love how you're already doing the waiver wire moves. Like as soon as I sit <laughs> chat saying that the league is now open, you was like, all right, I'm in there <laughs> making these waiver wire moves. Uh, so yeah, now nah, I like that a lot. So I know you're gonna be the guy tinkering a lot. So I can't wait to see how much you tinker with the squad. Oh man, look, somebody's already tinkering with me over here. Chris Lewis in the house saying Jason gets an F. Laugh my ass. <laughs> Thanks a lot, bro. All right. Now, I actually said you had a good team, but all right, Chris, I see you. I see you. I'm going to take you down when we go head to head, bro. I got you. Nikki, what do you think? Did I draft a good team, an average team? No, no, you drafted a good team. This league was tough because they were getting crazy, like tight ends going like immediately. I, I like never draft like that. So, 
listen, like it, no, I think, I think everyone did a, a good job. It was tough, but Jay, are you Trey Lancelot? That's me. Trey Lancelot. Oh, we, we, week we one matchup. Head, week one. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Nikki. You're going down. I apologize. <laughs> well, speaking of which, let's hear the team that I'm going up against. Okay. Who do I have? Let me get my pulled up here. I remember you went two wide receivers first. Very unorthodox, but I do remember it working out for you when you came back for them running backs. All right. So I'm just going to run down everybody I have. Matt Stafford. Baker Mayfield, yes, I'm not a complete like hater. <laughs> Gus Edwards, Joe Mixon, your boy Mostrit, uh, Miles Sanders, Jamar Chase. I did go ahead and get Gallup, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Higby, Austin Hooper, Nick Folk, and the Tampa Bay defense. Okay, Tampa Bay defense. That was the one defense ranked above Pittsburgh, so pretty good right there. Stafford. Yeah, I guess you would expect, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, who you got to go along with him. You got Jamar Chase. I love the Miles Sanders pick. You were able to get Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon in the third and the fourth round. I think that's great value that you got there, D. Uh, yeah, now nah, Nikki did a great job uh, getting those back-to-back running backs. And I liked how she just went so wide receiver and running back heavy. Uh, yeah. She's going to be able to interchange them, and whatever the matchup is, she go, she'll have something to work with. If say Miles Sanders is going to get tough, uh, going against a tough defense, she'll be straight for that day because she'll have somebody else to go behind them. So I like That's what she I did there. Good drafting strategy, and she made it tough for me going behind her. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Why are we nine and ten? That was so annoying. I know, I know. It's amazing. Damien's the one picking out actually who's going first, second, third, and he gets the spot. Unbelievable. But you know what? Sometimes it's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. You get those back-to-back picks, which are great in the moment, but then you got to wait an hour and a half to get to go again. (laughs) But you know, so D, uh, let's hear your squad. Yeah. So my squad. So at QB, I got Trevor Lawrence. Let me explain. Right. <laughs> yeah, please do. Because you waited for like the last round to get him, but that's okay. Yeah, he was literally the last pick of the draft was Trevor Lawrence. So <laughs> I was going to get a QB early, but you guys went nuts on getting the QBs. And you, we only could play one at a time. It's a one QB league. So I didn't expect people to go crazy like this on the QBs. Like LaDonna got Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady. I thought she was going to be done drafting QBs <laughs> and, got, and got both of them. So yeah, but people get. Let me let me ask you on that, Damien. You only do that for trade bait, right? Or do you do you do that to take away a quarterback from everybody else? I wonder why she did that. Uh, in other leagues, I've had people do that. Just take a QB from other people just to be petty. Ladonna, I can see being petty like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see that. Um, but the reason I went with Trevor Lawrence is Jacksonville's a bad team. What do bad teams do in the second half? They throw the ball. So he's he's going to be getting a lot of passing yards in garbage time, which equal yeah. fantasy points. And then there's going to be some games like week one against Houston. He might just go off. So I'm playing I'm playing Tyrus week one. Tyrus better watch out. Trevor Lawrence might go uh-huh. 50 points against Houston. So, uh-huh. so he'll have not a couple big. of those games. Yeah, yeah. so I like that, that pick. I'm actually not mad at it. He's got some good receivers. You know, DJ Shark, Marvin Jones is going to be big for them this year, I think. Yeah, no, he's got good weapons. Uh, if yeah. the O-line can hold up, he'll be good. No doubt. No doubt. So I Trevor really, Lawrence, quarterback, great. So that could be the, like the value pick of the whole entire draft right there. Could be. Like if he balls out and he's the last pick of the draft, I'm going to call myself a genius. Right. <laughs> <As you said. laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So uh, then in the second, oh, well, that was my last pick. So the first pick I had, I went with Stefan Diggs. He's somebody who I think is going to be phenomenal this year with Josh Allen continuing to, you know, further their chemistry. So that was my first pick, number 10 overall. And then back to back, I went with Travis Kelsey. I know some people were shocked by that, but I wanted to go ahead and get the best tight end or second best tight end in the league because tight ends, like once you get through those first few, there's a big fall off. Yeah. So I wanted to get Travis yeah. Kelsey there. And then I really like my running backs. I got back to back. So when it came back around to me, I got Najee Harris and J.K. Dobbins. Love those two picks. I think Najee Harris is going to be big this year for Pittsburgh. They know Roethlisberger is kind of done. They're going to be trying to run that rock, screen passes, things like that. He's going to eat. J.K. Yeah. Dobbins led the league last year in yards per carry. I can see him getting even more carries this year and that production going even higher. Um, also, at running back, I got David Montgomery. David Montgomery last year, second half of the year, balled out, had over 1,000 yards total. I think that he can do that even more this year, especially if they play Justin Fields, because now you have to watch out for Justin Fields on the edge the same way you do for Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins. Uh -huh. um, at wide receiver, I got Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson to go along with Stephon Diggs, uh, Devonta Smith as well there in Philly, uh, Traquan Smith. It's kind of like a flyer pick right there for the Saints. The Saints have to throw the ball to somebody without Michael Thomas there. So you figure he'll get some balls. And I also got Robert Wood. So I'm deep at receiver. Uh, yeah. Running back, I am deep as well. David, I have David Montgomery, like I mentioned, along with David Johnson for Houston. Houston's going to be bad, but somebody has to do something for him. So you figure <laughs> it, may, <laughs> it may as well be David Johnson. And also I have my backup tight end, Irv Smith, for Minnesota. And, you know, Randolph's no longer there. Earl Smith should get those tight end targets that, you know, Kirk Cousins loves so much. And my kicker is Young Hoku for Atlanta. Atlanta's going to be scoring a lot of points because they're going to be behind. They'll be kicking a lot. And I got Baltimore's defense, which is always solid. So I like my yeah. team a lot, man. And it was projected to be number one by NFL.com. Yeah, I saw Ooh. that. You know, you, you can't <laughs> trust technology nowadays. You really can't. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know what? Actually, you know, all joking aside, I think you got a really solid team right there. Dobbins and Harris. That's not, and you know what? You're drafting Kelsey in the third round. That's like drafting a top wide receiver, but it's in the tight end position, which gives you such an advantage. So I'm all right with that. I had no problem with you picking in that spot. He had to. Like you, you had to. The way they were picking, like you had to. You had to jump well, was, on the crazy picked, I, yeah. yeah, I took the first tight end, and then it seemed like because I took the tight end so early. Everybody else is like, all right, let's get these tight ends. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I want that. Yeah, that's why I went with Mark Andrews because if I didn't get him, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to wait until I get you know, Tyler Higby was on my mind for later on or an Eric E. Brown or something crazy like that. I don't know. But um, yeah, Kyle Pitts even went early in our draft. So, all right. I think all three of us definitely had a really good draft. I like both your teams a lot. There's no doubt about it. And we have another draft coming up August 29th and which we'll definitely recap on the show, no doubt. Uh, they normally would have got to applause and tomatoes by now, but here it is. We're doing it right this very moment. Applause and tomatoes time. Nikki, you ready to wind yeah. up and start throwing some tomatoes? I sure am, because <laughs> my tomatoes are going to the Washington football team who did something I hate the most, made an announcement to make an announcement. I hate this shit, okay? <laughs> like, I hate when people do this. Like celebrities also do this, like they're or like you know, an artist or something, they'll be like, 
Oh, major announcement coming out, like Rihanna with the, you know, Fenty Beauty. Okay, the next announcement's coming out in three weeks or whatever. So they announced that they've narrowed down. So they have eight names they're picking from. They've narrowed it down to three, but they're not telling us the three that they announced. So you basically just announced that, like, you're still picking from these eight and you're not going to tell us what three are. Like, who does this? this is stupid. Like, I hate their marketing team. I hate their PR team. This is so ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know. Do parents do this shit? Like, hey, you know what? I'm picking from 70 names. Let's ask everybody on social media. Hey guys, we narrowed it down to 50. Oh, now I got it to 40. Well, I'm not gonna tell you which one. So go back to the previous 30. Like, what? And here's the names, just in case you want to know. Uh Armada. I don't know what that is. Okay. It's like a a, a a bunch of soldiers going into war. Okay, all right. Brigade, commanders, defenders. Wow, presidents. they're really doing the army thing. Yeah, which I would stay away from presidents. I feel like someone will absolutely presidents. be offended. Oh no, presidents. Yeah, no. that's that's red awful. red hogs, red wolves, or. The Washington Ooh. football team, which tells me you're going to stay the Washington football team because you already have that god awful oh. Microsoft Word logo. Like, I, what are you doing? Just pick a name and move on. But no, now yeah. we're gonna get an announcement that we have a we're narrowed down to three, but we're not telling you. Yeah. I mean, really, how do you go for, like, you know, you're the Washington football team, WFT. How many, how long are you going to stand for people calling you WTF? Just get a freaking nickname already. Let's go. <laughs> I thought Washington Warriors would have been good or something like that. But, yeah, it looks not like they're going some, like, Army style over there. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe Warriors the- was not in the top eight. Sorry, Jay. Maybe they will be the Washington Red Hogs. Well, I sure hope not, because that sounds absolutely awful. That sounds like a triple A college team, like a division A college team. You know, like the <laughs> like the Plymouth, you know, Red Hogs or something like that. I have no idea, but that, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> oh, Some place where? Where is it on the map? Shit. <laughs> Screw that. All right. So not bad to start off, Nikki. Pretty good. What about you, D? What do you got for your tomatoes this week? Um, just to comment on that, I would go oh, to Red Wolves. Yeah, I would go with Red Wolves. That's better. Yeah, I like that one. And if they were down to change their colors to like a real red and go with the Red Wolves and like do a revamping with Red Wolves, they can still keep like their R logo for all the people that love their, you know, their stuff. I think that would be dope. Like that one. Uh, Yeah, the other ones, I was like, I don't know. I don't know about those those names. Uh, Definitely do not stay with the Washington No Names. Do not just be the Washington football team. Like, come on now. But, but yeah, why it's, have to be red too? That's another thing. Like the whole red thing, isn't that like, like when you say red? And again, I'm not trying to be um, stereotypical. I'm just talking when they people say red, they they think like you know the red Indians, you know, or, or something like that. So that's almost like in a way like bringing it back in a weird way. Just keep the red out of it. Keep it out. You could, yeah, you definitely could do that. But I do think like red wolves is just different. Like you don't have a team that right. with that type of name. Um, so I do think that would be dope. But well, I can't remember the last time. Well, we might not be one of the three, so we don't know. We Man. don't know. We have to wait for another announcement. <laughs> Maybe trying to find the extinct red wolf back from the mammoth and saber-toothed tiger days. Red wolf. <laughs> Never seen one of those before. Oh. Oh, All right, yeah. D, go ahead. Take it away. So for my tomatoes, I'm throwing it at people who do construction schedules. 
Right. <laughs> oh, I love this. Go. Oh. So at my job today, all I heard all day was the whole day. I'm like, why are you not doing this at night? And I understand construction workers have lives too. They don't want to have to work, you know, the night shift all the time. And I respect that. But when we're doing our jobs, we don't want to hear you doing your job. Oh my god. And I'm on the phone. I can't hear because you're jackhammering or bulldozing, whatever you're doing at the time, and you're being super loud. Why would you do this during the day? And then when you're working on the roads, uh, why would you ever do that during the day when there's uh, traffic and you're making it worse? Do that at night. Yeah. It should be a set time from like 10 at night to like four in the morning. Yes. Where you're doing construction. And pay and then well. After that, you move, get everything out the way, and you're not disturbing people driving on the roads or people working in their office. So I'm throwing my tomatoes at whoever does the schedule, not the workers themselves. They're working hard. It's a hard right. job. Definitely not that. But the people who set the schedules for this construction to happen, get all the tomatoes. You see, I'm with, <laughs> I'm with 100%. We live in really hot states like Arizona and Florida. I bet you that these guys would rather work at night when it's not 178 degrees outside and they're sweating their brains out. They probably would. But that's the thing. You're driving in rush hour traffic trying to get home, and you got half the damn road is knocked off because they're doing construction. I'm with you. The scheduling is terrible, and I get it. Not everybody wants to work you know, night shifts all the time, but they got to do something about that. And I'm with it. Look, I don't have to wake up super duper early in the morning. I'm lucky. But the landscapers are going off at like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, don't you have a fucking rule where you can't you can't even start till eight o'clock? I don't know why nobody hasn't sued their ass yet, but I'm getting on the damn phone. I'm telling you right now. Depends so the on their contract. So a lot of it is seven thirty. If you live in association, it's like uh, you can start at seven thirty. Yeah, well, they're starting at seven o'clock, and and I'm not happy about it. So I think we're gonna have a couple of words if I hear something tomorrow. If I'm in the middle of a good dream at around six fifty nine, and I start hearing. Somebody's going to have a big problem. I promise you that right now. My neighbor does that on Saturday mornings. It'll be like 7 o'clock. Oh. There's a weed whacker. Like, are you are oh, you kidding no. me right now? Like, is this Somebody necessary? Needs- you have to get the weed whacker out at 7 in the morning on Saturday? That's not necessary. That's somebody who wakes yeah. up at 4 in the morning and has nothing to freaking do for three hours and just waits the first sign of light. That's bullshit. It's yeah. messed up. That's messed up. Well, I got some tomatoes of my own over here, and – it's look to me, I was in the sports memorabilia industry for, for years. I really was. And I get the whole thing. I understand people like paying for this, that, and the other thing. But when you pay $6.6 million for something of a baseball memorabilia, I start to scratch my head. And even if it is one of the greatest players of all time, and this guy goes back a really long time, we're talking from 1897 to 1917, which is a big reason why the card is worth so much. But Honus Wagner, who was one of the best shortstops, middle infielders that ever played the game, um, his card sold for $6.6 million in an auction that could have been used so much better by this rich person who obviously has millions or maybe billions of dollars. I really hope that it goes to charity or something like that because it really does physically make me ill when you have that money that you're willing to piss away in a car that you're going to put in some collection when you could probably do like so much better for the world. That just to me, just it, it's too much money, guys. Six point six million dollars for a baseball card. It's basically some schmuck's freaking face and his stats on the back. And you're paying that much money for it. I, are you got I mean, look, if you're into sports memorabilia, that's great. I am. I like it. But I'm not willing to pay. Even if I had that, I don't think I would pay that much money. But 
D is it's just a rich man being rich and showing off and saying, oh, I want another trophy in my trophy case. Let me get this. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Like, <laughs> I think about some of the things that rich people do, you know, the $20 million paintings, even though a lot oh, of times people will hear like, oh, that was a way to launder some money, stuff like that. Uh, uh, yeah. but, but the fact that, you know, you're willing to spend that much is just like you're compensating for something. You want to say, oh, I have this card. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I'm working on once we get a house, I want to have a man cave full of sports memorabilia. But I can't picture myself spending more than, man, like a few hundred dollars maybe like on something. It had to be something I really wanted. Like, And a lot of stuff I try to win. Like uh, Roy Jones is giving away a pair of signed gloves right now. And you have to do uh, something on Instagram. So I'm going to do that to try to get it. So a lot yeah. of stuff I'm going to do like contests <laughs> to try to win. I'm not just going out there you know, buying a bunch of stuff, but there's a few things that I would buy, like a Drew Brees signed jersey. I probably spent a few hundred on, right? Um, yeah, something like are. that. Yeah. You know, if the Pelicans ever become good again, a Zion signed jersey or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. outside of that, I'm not. Yeah, I wouldn't spend that much if I had it. Even if I had billions in a bank, it would sound crazy to spend 5.6 million on a card. Now, if you're an avid baseball fan, I'm pretty sure there's baseball fans out there who are like, oh my God, he got this card. That's nuts. Whoever had the card, congratulations to you. <laughs> like, that's amazing that you made that much money off of a baseball card. Like, imagine if he, he's not even into it. Like, he just found this card. and was like, I want this to work for the money. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is, oh, okay, I'll put it in auction. And just, and now he's rich. Like, so that, that part is awesome yeah. about it. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't spend that much. Yeah, but it, Nikki, is that like something you could take out and play with? I mean, what are you going to do? Like flip the card? Or, you know, I don't understand what you're going to do with it. it. To me, it's such a waste. And well, it's so small. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's like the women who, you know, want to get the Birkin bags, you know, for like uh, $40,000. Like to me, even if oh. I had it, I just, I, I don't know. I just couldn't see myself spending that money. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like something... Like if you weren't rich and then all of a sudden you became rich, I feel like you still have like your like regular habits with you. I just yeah, I spend that on a handbag. Like I just, yeah. I don't know. No, there's no way. That's I'd rather I always... like take amazing vacation or something. Yeah. See, that, I, I always say like if I were, if God would let me win the lottery, like I wouldn't like go out and buy like 78 houses and 48 cars. You know, I would like live in a normal house, like, you know, a, a nice house. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know. I just couldn't. Imagine flaunting it, you know, crazy that way. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what's Chris saying over here? That's why I can't wait for my Ronald Acuna Jr. card. He's uh, Atlanta Brave uh, to be worth something so I can sell it, laugh out loud. It's going to be some time, man. He's going to have to make the Hall of Fame in order for you to make any money off of that, Chris. But I definitely wish you the best of luck over there. But, yes, yeah, spending all this money, my God. Selling it, that's a whole other story. That's great. Go make your money. All right, I want to give my applause over here real quick. And this is going to a gentleman named Nico Ali Walsh. He is the grandson of Muhammad Ali. He won his first pro fight by knockout. He's 21 years old, middleweight, trying to improve on the family name. I wanted to give a shout out right there because Muhammad Ali, there was Layla Ali, and that was grandson Nico coming in, winning his first fight. I don't know how good he's going to be in the middleweight division, Damien. I know you're a big avid boxing fan, but um, pretty cool to see and pretty cool to hear. Yeah, no, it's definitely a cool story. Uh, I didn't see his fight. I have to go back and watch it and see if he, you know, truly has it. But it's hard to tell from the first fight because usually somebody who has any potential, they're fighting against bums those first, those first few fights. 
Um, so it's hard to really, you know, judge and see if they have anything. Um, but there's a few legacy stories that are really good right now. I know Vander Holyfield's son looks really good as well. Uh, so yeah. hopefully those legacy stories are for real. Uh, you have some that has some ups and downs, like Shane Mosley's son has been okay, but has had ups and downs. Um, so it's and it's tough, man, because if your father or grandfather was one of the best in boxing and made it, like made money and was successful, it's hard for the son or grandson to be great because they don't have that hunger of fighting from being poor to be. They just love the sport. And boxing is yeah. one of those sports where I loved it, but because I didn't have to do it, I was like, I'm gonna go play basketball. Like, because it's something, <laughs> it's not something that you normally do if you don't have to. Very few do it just for the love, right? Like, you love it, but you also do it because this is my way out. And for them, it's not their way out. So it's a little different when you don't have that, you know, just that hunger to get out of your situation. So I think that's why we don't see that many legacy stories in boxing. Interesting. That's a very good point right there. I like that a lot. Good take. Good take right there. All right, let's round uh, it out and go to uh, your tomatoes, and then we'll get to Nikki's. I mean, uh, applause. I'm sorry. Let's get to the applause. So I'm going to give my applause today to comedians. Uh, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, and I discovered this new podcast called uh, Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart, where he's interviewing other comedians. And yeah. it really just inspires me to hear their stories and of course, it's hilarious because it's these guys telling stories and a lot of it's their stories about before they became big. Right. And they're telling these hilarious stories about their way up. And it just inspires you. And I look for me, I view sports the way comedians view pretty much everything. Right. They look at it and they see it from different perspectives. And they, for me, I view sports that way. That's why some of my sports takes are so outside of the box, like because I can think of. No, Hall of Fame, no one like no one thinks about what the Hall of Fame should actually be called. And I'm like the the one dummy thinking about how it should be called the Hall of Greatness. <laughs> Something that is just I view it from that standpoint. Like, so I have a comedian standpoint. I just don't think I'm as funny as comedian. I think I have a good sense of humor, but I'm not comedian funny, right? And for me, listening to those guys talk about their journeys and the way they view things really just inspires me to do better. And I use a lot of that in my podcasting technique. Uh, and some of the stories are hilarious. So if you are a fan of comedy, Kevin Hart doesn't need me to advertise for him. But if you're a fan of comedy, check out Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Really dope podcast. Like one of the funniest stories was Cedric Entertainer was on there. And he was talking about the first time a promoter tried to impress him. So he's like, yeah, I'm getting uh, the promoter's like, yeah, I'm going to pick you up in a limo. We're going to take you to the show. You're going to have this high five star hotel. And Cedric's like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm about to get five star treatment. I'm ready to go. So he said he, <laughs> he lands. And you have the whole sign up for him and everything for the limo driver. So he gets in the car and the limo is owned by the guy, the promoter that said he was going to get the limo. So it's him driving. <laughs> so he's like, oh, you're the driver, too. Like, OK, <laughs> so he gets in a limo and there's a car seat in the limo. He's like, what the, why is there a car seat back here? He's like, oh, man, I got to pick up my son before I drop you off at the show. No. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so crazy. He goes, picks up his son, puts him in a car seat. And you know how the limos had a thing where you can press it and the, yeah. the glass goes up? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he presses it. The glass goes up. He's like, hold up. Wait, wait, wait. I don't need no privacy with this baby. Why are you, to, why are you trying to give me privacy with this baby? He's like, oh, I got some calls to make, man. So I'm just <laughs> Oh, my God. So he was like, so I'm babysitting 
on my way to <laughs> on my way to the show, <laughs> talking about he'll give me five star treatment. I became a babysitter <laughs> before I went on stage. Oh <laughs> so yeah, stories like that, man, are freaking hilarious. And That's like good. they're just the way they think about things really inspires me. So shout out to all the comedians out there that's doing it big, man. No doubt. Hey, inspiration's a beautiful thing, man. Getting good laughs out of it at the same time, that's double the pleasure. I love it. I love it. Well done. Well done. All right, Nikki, close it out with your applause before we get to some more NFL action. Um, I just need to clarify, D, so there is a podcasting technique? Oh, uh, for me? No, yeah, like I'm saying, <laughs> is there a technique I should learn or follow? Because <laughs> no, you already got it. It was like, hey, Nikki, you want to come on one day? Sure. <laughs> hey, you want to do it again? Uh, listen, Jay, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just, no, it's okay. Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, nah, I needed one, but you're a natural. You just came no. in right away, killing it. So you just need. <laughs> That's it. She was born uh, no, into my, it. My yeah. applause. Um, I'm just giving my applause to Peloton because I have, you know, a subscribe, especially with the pandemic and all the fitness studios closed down, all the gyms closed down. It was horrible. Uh, in Jersey, like the parks closed down and I, I like to hike and go for runs and stuff. Uh, so it really sucks. So I signed up for like every on-demand streaming service and I've just been kind of doing that in the past. I don't know. What are we in like 18 months of this shit now? Um, but man, Peloton, mm. like their content is just top notch. Like, like you said, D, they don't need my advertising, but their <laughs> yoga instructors, all their instructors, like they don't make you feel bad if you need to take a break. Like they're very like inspiring. The playlists are always bomb. And I have to say like, and because I did some power yoga before I came on the show and I finally nailed the pose that I've been working on for a very long time. It was because I've been doing this class with one of the instructors. Yes. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. I'm like, let me try. And I did it. I was like, oh, holy shit. I was so excited. <laughs> so shout out to Peloton, the content top notch. If you don't have a bike or a treadmill, you can just sign up for their on-demand service, like 12 bucks a month. But uh, yeah, everybody should check it out because they're uh, top notch. All right. I'm well done. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a yeah, huge fan of Peloton. Yeah, I've been slacking though. I've been slacking. I gotta get back on it. Uh, hopefully, I'll get back on it tonight or tomorrow and get back into the, the rhythm of it. But since I came back from vac vacation, I've been slacking super hard. It's so hard. I, gotta get yeah, I know. When you get back from vacation, you're like, work out. Ugh. Yeah. On, so yeah, I gotta. I definitely gotta get back on it. You're not Peloton newbies anymore. You're in it now. You gotta. You gotta stay with it. Stick with that bad boy. Yeah. Get it going. Get it going. Take All right. Power yoga. You gotta take the power yoga class. Yeah, too. I do. I, I got to start the power yoga too. Yoga here is a beautiful thing. Something that I have not tried yet in my entire life, but maybe what? I should. I know I never tried yoga. I don't know why. A couple of a couple of people try to get me into it. Like, yeah, we want to take a yoga class. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll be there. And then the hours go by. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm not freaking going. But maybe next time I will. Miami right, on the beach. So maybe you know. next week I'll teach yoga on the podcast. Instead. Oh, okay. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> hey, into a pretzel. What's gonna happen? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there oh, you go, D. Yes, it's one of them. <laughs> Twist. Yeah, exactly. All right, perfect, perfect. All right, I'll get it going. I'm willing to try anything once. I could give it a shot. I'm down. I'm down. Even at my ripe old age of 41 years old, we'll see how bendy I can get. We'll see what happens. <laughs> all right, all right. So we said we had NFL action to keep going. Let's do it. It's Mount Play a Play a Time, and the division we have this week. 
is the NFC North as we continue in the NFC Conference. Uh, here we go. The NFC North Division. We got the Packers. We got the Lions, the Bears, the Vikings. We're going to find out where each one of them is going to end at the end of the season if our predictions do indeed come true. And let's find out, starting with Damian, who do you have in the basement at the NFC North? I don't know if I really have to ask, but I got a really good guess. But let's hear it anyway. So, yeah, I think this team isn't going to get up to the kneecaps. I think they're going to be eating and biting toes. <laughs> 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 got to go with the Detroit Lions. Uh, looking at their roster, I just don't see where they're going to be good at all. Uh, you got, you know, Jared Goff at QB. If Jared Goff goes out, time to play my favorite game. Who's yeah. your backup quarterback? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is Tim Boyle. Anybody ever heard of Tim Boyle? I have not. Yeah, <laughs> got Tim Boyle and, and David Bluff. Yeah, not too good. <laughs> Who? Uh, Tim Boyle is a fourth-year QB. <laughs> a fourth-year quarterback out of Eastern Kentucky, uh, 6'4", 227 pounds, um, but doesn't really have any stats, hasn't played at all. Uh, so if Jared Goff goes out, who you don't really believe in anyway, you go to Tim Boyle, who none of us have heard of. Outside of, like, you know, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, who do you really have? Uh, defensively, they depend on, you know, Jeff Okuda to really take a quantum leap this year from what he did last year as a cornerback, the rest of the defense, you know, Alex Alzoni or Alex Anzalone, excuse me, you know, is an okay linebacker who played with the saints. But the reason he's no longer with the saints is because we found somebody better um, to be able to stick the running backs out the backfield and play pass defense. So I like their coaching staff, you know, they have, you know, a lot of good assistant coaches, but I think this year is definitely going to be a rebuilding year. So I have them going three and 14. Oh, okay. So that's going to be one of the worst records in the league, three and fourteen. So not looking too good for the Detroit Lions over there. And when the hell does it ever look good for the Lions, Nikki? Is that your same team in the basement of the NFC North? Yes, and pretty much I always forget that this team even exists. Like <laughs> yeah. someone in our league took uh, Swift, right? And I was like, and someone said it. They're like, Wait, I forget. Right? I was like, I'm just- yeah, don't, no. they don't occur to me at all. Like, I guess, in fact, they pulled up the division. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Detroit. I'm not really a fan <laughs> right. of Jared Goff. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm giving them two wins because I don't know, maybe the, and I think it'll come in the division. You know, those division games can get crazy, but yeah, yeah I think they're going to go like two and 15. Yeah, you know, I'm with you guys and with them being obviously in the bottom of this division. I mean, look, Jared Goff is not great to begin with, but who he has to throw to at wide receiver, Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perryman, that doesn't get you happy. But yeah, TJ Hawkinson, one of the better ones out there. DeAndre Swift is a good player, but is the offensive line going to block for him? They did draft Panay Sewell, who was supposed to be one of the highest ranked offensive linemen coming out of the draft. They have Frank Ragnow, who is a good player, Um, but that offensive line as a whole really doesn't do it in the running game or the passing game for that matter. And we know what Jared Goff is like under duress. I do like a couple of their pieces on defense, even though I worry, how is it all going to go together? You mentioned, uh, you know, Alex Anzalone. They got Michael Brockers who can still rush the passer, Trey Flowers, who's a good outside linebacker. But after that, you talked about Jeffrey Okuda. Yeah, he's going to have to take a major step up. And so is the rest of that secondary. 
you know, you don't have a lot of great names on this team. And again, a brand new first year head coach who seems like he wants to play more than he wants to coach. I don't like the Lions at all. I gave him four wins, and I think I'm being very generous when I say that. So we can all agree that the Detroit Lions are going to be finishing fourth in this division, as they seem to do every year, unless they have that fluke year with Stafford. But he's not there anymore, so that ain't going to happen. So now we go to our number three team. What do we got for number three? It's between now the Packers, the Bears, and the Vikings. What say you, Damian? I went with the Vikings. Uh, It was really tough for me to decipher two and three but i went vikings but i do have them going nine and eight on being third place in a division i think that their defense will improve this year just being healthy uh i think that they get a bounce back season from patrick peterson being in that particular scheme he won't have to play man as much and i think he's still very capable in the zone uh rashad breeland i think is capable as well harrison smith xavier woods i like their secondary Uh, they also have you know anthony barr linebacker and Kendricks, uh, you know, Danell Hunter on the line. Defensively, mm-hmm. they're good. Offensively, they have weapons in Cook, Jefferson, Thielen. Uh, I like what they have there. Offensive line is going to be the question for them. Um, but I have them going nine and eight because I think the other two teams in the division are a little bit better. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Minnesota, and that's where they finished last year in third place. Nikki, do they stay there? Or do you have another team in mind in third place? Um, no, I have Chicago coming in third, but I really toss back and forth two and three. And I think Chicago and Minnesota are just going to go back and forth with it. But, um, what I think the difference is I, I like Chicago's young receivers. I do. I like their defense. I think Matt Nagy is going to stay with Andy Dalton one to two weeks, a little bit too long. Like, I think he's just going to keep riding this Andy Dalton train. I think Andy Dalton's going to throw like three interceptions, like in the first game, and then he'll give him another chance, another chance. So I think he's just going to hang on a little bit too long. And that's going to be the difference. Um, just looking at their schedule though, I don't know how this O-line is going to hold up. I mean, against just look, Rams, Cincy, Tampa Bay, 49ers, Ravens, Steelers. I think even my giants might give them a hard time. So, I have Chicago at um, eight wins. All right. All right. Not bad. That was a very good explanation as to why you have them there. Uh, I dig it. So you're going Chicago in third place. So am I. I'm going Chicago in third place also. I have them at nine wins. I think they're going to be a good team once Justin Fields gets in there, has a couple of games under his belt. I think they'll start flowing. But to me, it's going to be too little too late. I do like the team. I think they are going to unfortunately start out with Andy Dalton. I hope that I'm wrong for their sake. But even so, um, I'm not sold. Yes, Allen Robinson, great. Darnell Mooney showed you know a couple of signs last year that he could play. They picked up Marquise Goodwin, who can run really fast, and that's kind of about it. Their offensive line, look, I'm with you. They were so desperate. They went out and got Jason Peters, who played for Philadelphia for all those years, a guy who cannot stay on the field in his old age. So I'm not, I'm not big, you know, on James Daniels, you know, guys like that. And, you know, Lacavius Simmons, you know, they, they don't do it for me. Jimmy Graham. Eh. Okay. Yeah. Cole Komet out there. I think that he's a decent player, but their offensive line is the problem for me, which is why I don't think David Montgomery is going to have a big year. It's going to be the offensive lines issue, not Montgomery's. And as far as getting the ball to these wide receivers, they're going to have to be on short intermediate routes. As far as the defense goes, that's what people kind of like hang their hat on. Um, I just don't think they're as good as, as as they were up front. Yeah, you got Khalil Mack and you got Hakeem Nicks. 
That's pretty good. You know, you got Robert Quinn playing outside linebacker. He can certainly rush and Roquan Smith there. So I do like the defense, but on the backside, other than Eddie Jackson, I'm not sure who's going to really show up. So when you got Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and then Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, uh, I think you could have problems over there. So Chicago, I think it's going to take a little time for them to get their stuff together. That's why I have them at number three. Because by the time they do get it together, I think it'll be too little too late. So I do agree with you on that one, Nikki. I agree there. Um, Damien, let's find out what you got for number two. Are you going to make a big surprise over here, or what do you got? At number two, I have the Bears. Uh, I do agree with the concerns you guys have. I have them tying with Minnesota at 9 and 8. So I could have you know, changed them out. But I think they'll okay. beat Minnesota uh, in percentage points, or they'll beat them twice and have to hit the head. Um, but I like their defense a lot. I do think they'll go to Justin Fields sooner than later, right? Because when you look at him and how dynamic he can be, it would just be foolish to hold out on him for too long. So I think when they make that change, it'll really help their season out. I can see him going nine and eight and fighting for that last playoff spot in the AFC. But I love what they're doing as far as their young receivers. Um, I think that Montgomery will have a good year because of what Justin Fields can bring as far as opening up the lanes for him and both, you know, being a good passer and being a dynamic run threat. So I like what they're doing and I have them nine and eight second, but tying with Minnesota so they can, you know, interchange either way. Okay. All right. You get hedging your bets right there. I like that. That's a good way to do it on the show. Keep it real. <laughs> just playing, just playing. All right. So Nikki, um, does that mean that you have Minnesota in second or? Oh, no, I have Minnesota in second. Like I said, though, I really uh, – I just think Minnesota and Chicago are going to flip-flop. My concern here is um, – so they're the lowest vaccinated team, and I'm not saying it's like, be political or anything of that nature. They're at 63%. Um, and Mike Zimmer did say, listen, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I just – I can't get the guys who don't want it. They're not going to get it. My point is that I do think – they might get a little messy. I think guys are just going to miss games. And um, I think you have to take that into concern. So um, I have them coming in second, but only by a game. I think they're only going to win like maybe nine games, but I, I am concerned with them with uh, COVID and how many guys will probably end up missing. That's a very, very interesting point right there. And one that I really hadn't thought through enough. I know the Kirk Cousins did have it. And look, if it's only 63%, that means that you got, 37% who haven't been from doing my math correct, and that could spread. That could be a problem. So that's a really interesting point that players could be missing time and significant players at that. Um, I'm not sure who and has not been vaccinated, but I do agree with you with Minnesota in second. I think they take a big step up this year. Last year was a major disappointment. They definitely have the skill at the wide receiver position. I mentioned Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins just has to get them the ball, and they got Dalvin Cook one of the best running backs in the game. So the offense is there. They do have a pretty good offensive line. You know, guys like Garrett Bradbury, uh, Brian O'Neill. Um, also, you add in the tight end, Irv Smith Jr., who you had mentioned before, Damian. He's going to start getting the ball. And I know that Kyle Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer, is not there anymore. Defensively, Daniel Hunter is a monster in the middle. All right. I like Dalvin Tomlinson. You're going to hear more about him uh, this year. Rookie coming out. Um you know, Anthony Barr, very good linebacker. Eric Kendricks, same thing. Harrison Smith, still to me, one of the better uh, safeties in the league to go along with uh, Bashad Breeland also, who came in over from the Kansas City Chiefs. I like this team a lot. I think that they're ready to go. They have a very good head coach, as we know. 
Um, I, I, I like this team. I think that Minnesota is going to make some noise. I think they're going to put it together, not get off to that slow, sloppy start. I think they were one and four to begin last year. If they stay away from that, I think that this team could win 10, maybe even 11 games a season. So I do like the Minnesota Vikings finishing in second, which brings us to our first place team, which we all obviously agree on. But let's hear why starting with the real deal. What do you say? Yeah, you got to go with Green Bay. Uh, they still have the best roster in the division. Uh, I do think they may have some chemistry issues this year. What's going on, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and his drama was going on. Um, but they only knock them down a few games. They went 13 and three the last two years. I see them going 11 and six this year. Still enough to win a division. Uh, their defense, secondary wise, is where they were trying to improve, and they did go there in the draft. So we'll see if that is, you know, enough to get them over the edge as far as what they needed. I see him going 11 and six and still winning this division. Okay, 11 and six winning the division. That would do it by your standards right there. Nikki, why is Green Bay going to win this division and go back to the playoffs? Uh, because they have Aaron Rodgers. And really, this is the second easiest division to win. I mean, if you don't, uh, like, you know, come on. Um, yeah, I have them at 11 and six as well. Just looking. You know, they start their season. It's kind of favorable to them. Bears, Bengals, Lions, the Washington football team or Red Wolves or Presidents or whoever we're going to get. Um, <laughs> but that back half, it's a little rough. They got Chiefs, Seahawks, Ravens, Browns, and Vikings twice to finish it out there. So I don't think it's going to be easy for them, but I do think they'll get at least 11 wins. Yeah, I think they're one of the upper echelon teams in the NFC. And, you know, of course, we'll talk about the entire NFC once we're done with the West coming up in a couple of weeks. We still have the South to go over as well. But um, I, I think Green Bay is prime. Look, they were 13-3 and three last year. I don't see why they can't go even 14-3 or 13-4. and four. I think they're going to be monsters. Aaron Rodgers definitely on a mission again. He loves to find chips on his shoulder, and he will use it. Him and Devontae Adams, again, one of the best combos you can get. David Bakhtiari, maybe the best left tackle in the entire game. Uh, Damian, I know that you love him. Uh, you know, they got Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick. They got players over there, so uh, on the line. Also, you got Robert Tanyan. And then their running game is what people forget. Aaron Jones is freaking absolutely legit. And I'm going to tell you right now, the offense is going through Aaron Jones this year. It's not going to go through Aaron Rodgers. It's going to go through Aaron Jones, and they're going to do it off that play-action passing, get Randall Cobb involved, even Alan Lazard. So what about the defense? That has been their weak spot in the past, but they got the Smith brothers coming back. Preston and Zadarius will both be there. Um, you got to worry about the secondary a little bit. You got Kevin King, Adrian Amos. Um, I do like Darnell Savage. Um, but, um, you know, some of those other guys, you know, get me a little weary and I don't love their defensive front. So <clears throat> they're going to have to schematically come up with things on defense. But the good news is they score so many points on offense that they're not going to have to worry about their defense trying to win games for them week in and week out. But I think they will have to improve on defense with guys like Kenny Clark you know, digging up on the nose tackle and taking up the line. So we'll see what happens with that defensively. But to me, again, the Packers, I'm with you guys. They own this division. They should be able to win it and make some noise in the playoffs going forward if this is indeed Aaron Rodgers last year. So we'll see what happens. So, D, you had how many wins for Green Bay? 11 and 6. 11 and 6. And, Nikki, you said? 11 and 6. 11 and six also. Okay. Yeah. I got more in like uh, the 13 win range. So maybe a couple of, couple of games better. I think that's going to be on a total mission this year and we'll see how it goes. Maybe Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl and 
that he rides off into the sunset to maybe another team, or maybe he retires and hosts his own brand new game show. Who knows what the hell's going to happen, but that's that for now. And we will see what happens in time during that. But we also have a great time coming up as we speak. So let's hear it. This is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. Here we go. It's to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. Yes, indeed. You know what that means. It is knowledge with Nikki time. This is her time to shine. It is her show. It's her way to go. And this week, we have no idea what's going on as usual, but it's knowledge with Nikki, and she's about to tell us what category we're about to hopefully triumph in. What do we got this week, Nick? All right. Well, we have fantasy football trivia, and it is all from 2020. So it's all last season. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's see if um, my brain works. All right. Let's see. The short-term memory, long-term memory. Come on, Cerebrum Cerebellum. Let's get this thing going on over here. You ready, D, or what? I'm ready. You ready? All right. Well, you better be because you're going first. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. All right, D. Question one. Uh, through Russell Wilson's first eight games of the 2020 season, he averaged how many fantasy points per game? I'm going to say 32. Jay? 28. Yeah, Jay, 28.5. Oh, oh wow. wow. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, one for Jay. One for Jay. Mark it down. All right, D, number two. Ryan Tannehill finished the regular season ranked what place in fantasy points among quarterbacks? I'm going to say fourth. Jay? I'm going to say seventh. Seventh. Oh, my God. I'm on a roll. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have no shot today. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, you already won like three weeks in a row. That's why. Yeah, you've been kicking <laughs> my ass, man. I need one. <laughs> okay. All right, D. Number three in twenty in the twenty twenty season, which running back led all running backs with one hundred and ten targets? One hundred and ten targets. Yes. Ooh. Man, the usual suspects was hurt. Um, mm. I'm going to go with, nope, he was there too. Dang. <laughs> this is a good question. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a normal like running backs who always get passing catches. 110 targets. Um, dang. Uh, I'm going to go with. I got it. Oh, man. Sorry for the pause. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go Austin Eckler. That feels wrong, though. That's a good guess. Jay? I think he missed some time, but that was a good guess. I was thinking Chris Carson. No, J.D. McKissick. Oh, Uh, your boy McKissick. Yeah, that's all he did was catch the ball. That's a good one. 
All right. Good number man. four for ED. Logan Thomas averaged how many targets and how many catches over his first 10 games? I'm going to say seven targets and four catches. Jay? I'm going to say 10 targets, six catches. D, you are close. Five targets and three catches. Point All to right. Point to D. All right. Two to one. Right. Two to one. Keep it rolling. He's in the game. <laughs> All right, Jay. Number one, Josh Allen finished with how many fantasy points last season? Total? Total. Uh, 420. D? I'm going to say, I'm going to say 440. 396. Ah, 396. All right, Jay, number two. In Baker Mayfield's first seven games that he played with Odell Beckham Jr., he averaged how many passing yards? How many passing yards did Baker Mayfield average? I'll say 230. D? I'm going to go 200. Yes, 199. Oh. 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 Okay. And we got a ball game, folks. Yes, we do. <laughs> and just in case anybody finds this interesting, without OBJ, he averaged 241. Oh, okay. wow. Maybe that's my brand one. <laughs> All right, number three. Here we go. Uh, Jay, Tyler Lockett produced the second most points in a single game against the Cardinals in week seven of the 2020 season. How many fantasy points did he score that week? Thirty-six. D? I'm going to go 41. Oh, no one was that close. 53. Oh, oh wow. Jeez. Went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number four, Ronald Jones produced what percentage of his rushing yards after contact? Ronald Jones produced what percentage of his rushing yards after contact? Yes. 4.4. D? I'm going to say 40%. 59.7. Ah, man, that's a lot. He was really out here breaking tackles and going. Uh-oh. Yes. Are we tied? Oh, well, good thing I brought a tiebreaker. Of course she did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's really like a team effort, though. Okay, so there were four running backs who averaged 14.2 fantasy points for the 2020 season. Can you name those four running backs? Who goes first, eh? Or me? Whatever. <laughs> I don't mind going first. Sorry. Right, so okay. it was four running backs. What? There were four running backs who averaged 14.2 fantasy points last season. Can I mean, you name them? No, but I'll try. Okay. Um, <laughs> was Raheem Mostert one? No. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> hmm. uh, J.K. Dobbins? Nope. I'm out. How about uh, yeah. how about um, Dalvin Cook? No, nah, it was more nope. than that. 
Uh, I'm going to go with I'm trying to think of like the middle of the row running backs. Um, oh, I got one. I'm going to go with hmm, what about uh, Leonard Fournette? Nope. Red James Robinson. Nope. Shoot. Total <laughs> strikeout. I know. Yeah, this is tough. Because uh, you're not thinking about the best ones. Um, you guys want me to give you one? Will that help? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Antonio Gibson. Okay. okay. You're like, yeah, no, it doesn't help. All right. Let me <laughs> I will give you the other three. DeAndre Swift, David Johnson, and Miles Sanders. Forget mm. it. I never would have got there. All right. I never well, we ended in a tie. All right. All right. At least I didn't lose. I'll take it. Good questions. <laughs> I like it. Getting a little yeah, famous. Up. I'm glad I was able to claw back and get a tie. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. I mean, I nailed two of them right off the bat. I'm riding high, and then that's freaking it right there. What? <laughs> done. Done, done, done. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, that was some pretty bold stuff. Speaking of bold, we got three bold predictions each for the upcoming 2021 season. And we're ready to give it to you now. Maybe there might be a little bonus one in there that I might throw in at the end. Tease, tease, neek, neek, wah, wah, wah. Let's go. Here we go. Bold prediction time. Who's going to take it first? Damian, Nikki, who's up? I guess I'll go first on this one. All right. Uh, so for my first bold prediction, Alvin Kamara will lead the league in yards from scrimmage. Okay. Okay. He's going to be getting the ball a lot with that Michael Thomas there. Is that part of the reason? Yeah. And I think our offense is going to – It's it's been run heavy, like quietly the last couple of years with Breeze not having the biggest arm. I think it's going to go even more in that direction, and he'll get more carries and even more catches this year. Hey, man, I hope so. I drafted him first in our draft, so I'll take the hell out of him. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Nikki, what about one of your bold predictions? Uh, one of mine. Oh, hold on. My microphone's wires getting twisted. Oh, geez. Um, sorry. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> technical difficulties such as life. Uh, one of mine is that Atlanta will not have a top 10 offense this year, which right. for the past 10 years, they have had a top 10 offense that you can just count on it. Uh, but I know that, you know, Calvin Ridley's like kind of hitting his peak, but no Julio Jones. Um, you know, who do they have? Uh, what's that other guy's name? Russell Gage. Yeah. And then um, I listen, I, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be great, but I don't know that he's going to come in and dominate right away like everybody's thinking. So I don't think the offense will be terrible, but I do think they're going to drop off and I don't think they're going to be a top 10. All right, that's bold because a lot of people will still have him in the top ten, no doubt. And they got they Mike also, Davis. But they have no running game. I, Mike Davis is their running back from Carolina last year when CMC went out. So um, we'll see. You know, a lot of it depends on their all line. So you're right. You're right. A lot of it depends on their all line. Um, I'm going to give you a major bold prediction right now. I believe that a rookie is going to lead the league in rushing, and his name is Najee Harris. I believe that he leads the, the NFL in rushing, and he's going to have somewhere around 1,700 yards. That's, I think, seventeen to 1,800 yards. That's the guy. So Pittsburgh, 
may not be as bad as people are talking about. They still got a solid defense. They got receivers. They revamped their offensive line, which couldn't get much worse from last year. I think Najee Harris is going to get 350 carries this year, and I think that he's going to bust a move. Yeah, bust it. What? (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of my bold predictions right there. Hey, look, we know that first, second-year running backs, they're the guys who are running off to the races, right, D? Yeah, now running back is the position where you don't have to really – uh, adjust for the NFL level because running backs, you know, you do pretty much the same thing. So I do like that prediction. And plus, he's my fancy running back. So yeah, I hope you you're go. right about that. Yep. <laughs> you gave me some love. I gave it right back to you, bro. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah, let's get another one. You want. I, I still so, got a couple more. Trevor Lawrence will break Andrew Luck's record for passing yards by a rookie in a season. Oh, oh. I wonder how much, damn, I wish I had been in front of me how much that was. So he passed his rookie year. He went for 4,051 yards. Four th- okay, I was going to say somewhere around. All right, 4,051. Trevor Lawrence breaking that record. All right. All right. I know that you would love that. He's a quarterback. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> all right, man. All right. Nikki, what do you think about that one? Very bold, but you guys are always right. So who am I I to say otherwise? (laughs) Well, what do you say about your next bold prediction? Oh, sorry. My husband's playing like a game. I don't know if it's a video game and he's like screaming in the other room. (laughs) It's got to be mad. What was that? Like something really must have happened. Okay. (laughs) If you're screaming at a video game, game, it's mad. And I guarantee you that. There's no other game screamed at more. (laughs) I don't know. You guys take these games so seriously. Like it sounds like like somebody got murdered out there. Um, (laughs) It's very serious. It's life. (laughs) I guess No joke. It's no joke. Oh man. Um, my other prediction. Oh, okay. I do think, however, Seattle will be in the top 10 for their offense. I feel like not everybody's giving them a lot of love because their O-line is so shitty. And I get that. Not only do you have Russell Wilson, you have Tyler Lockett, who I feel like is so underrated all the time. You have the beast in um, Metcalf. And then you got my boy, Chris Carson, who is healthy. I think People are, I think they're underestimating them a little bit. So I think they're going to have probably the most, one of the most prolific offenses, if not the most. I think they are going to really surprise everybody this year. Hey, I totally agree with you. And I'm honestly, that's why I drafted Russell Wilson, because I think they're going to be excellent on offense. You know, he, he could throw the ball to Chris Carson, like you said, your boy. I know that you love him. He's on the list, right? <laughs> <laughs> So yes. it's all good there. Equal opportunity on my list. There Everyone you go. is welcome. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, D, Chris just busting on you a little bit, saying that you just picked uh, Trevor Lawrence there because he's your quarterback. But, uh, you know, right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll and, see. Uh, oh, Chris, yeah, he's going to break it. <laughs> and, and Chris chiming in on Chris Carson goes off this year and stays healthy. All right. Well, that would be good for fantasy owners and good for Seattle also. Because they're a team on the fringe. You got to worry about that D, even though you got up the middle, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. Uh, that's something to watch out for, as we saw at the end of last year. All right, let me give you another one of mine. Since you mentioned Trevor Lawrence already, I'm going to give you more to love about this. You ready? Tom Brady will throw more interceptions than Trevor Lawrence this year. Yes, I said it. Oh. It's going to happen. All right. I know it may be hard to believe because Brady's not the interception guy, but he's thrown double digit interceptions plenty of times. 
So that's going to happen this year. They're going to throw the ball a lot. They don't have a great running game. And I think that Trevor Lawrence and that offense is going to be super careful in the way that they're, you know, going to make sure that they throw slants down and outs, you know, whatever button hooks, whatever you want to call it. I think they're going to be more careful in that aspect. So I'm predicting that Tom Brady is going to have more interceptions than rookie Trevor Lawrence this year. Am I absolutely nuts, Nikki? Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know D hopes I'm right. Yeah, I hope you're. I hope you're right. But yeah, I think you're a little nuts on that one. <laughs> I definitely. I think Lawrence is going to throw a lot of yards, but I think some interceptions going to come along with it. Just being a rookie, not yeah. seeing certain coverages and stuff like that. You know, not seeing the blitzing, throwing the ball right when he gets hit. Things like that are going to happen. Being a rookie. And Tom Brady, whenever he's getting rid of the ball, he does have some games now where he'll just throw the ball up there. The NFC Championship game comes to mind where he threw three picks. That's so he'll right. have those games. But I think Lawrence being a rookie will definitely have more of those. All right. Well, I can't wait to prove you guys wrong at the end of the season. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> That'll be good. All right. D, you got another one? Yes. So I'm going back to New Orleans, and I am doubling down. On my quantum leap, Jameis Winston will throw less than 13 interceptions this year. You heard it here first. Jameis Winston will throw less than 13 interceptions this year, and he will be the starter for the people who are going to say something slick about him being on the bench. Of course, he's going to throw less than 13. So he's going to throw less than 13 interceptions, being a starting quarterback with 17 games. Okay, so that's what I wanted to clarify. I thought you were maybe talking about like six or seven games, you know, or something like that, where, you know, (laughs) before he gets to that mark. But all right, less than 13 for the entire year. All right, all right. See what happens. That is part of the quantum. That That is very bold of you. That is the boldest I have heard. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki, can you get bolder? Um. Maybe I think that the Bengals will make the playoffs and shock the world. Oh, okay, that's oh, yeah. very bold. Uh, that's yeah. bold city. That's boldcity.com USA. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, bold city. They're so damn close, though. Like, they every game they lost, like, it was so tight, it was by a single score. So Again, like I'm high on Joe Burrow, a healthy Joe Burrow for the entire season. Jamar Chase, like I just, I like this team. I think they are going to quietly put it together and creep up on people, creep up in that division. I think I, you know, I said it when we, you know, did our predictions that, you know, I think they're going to shock people and I would not be surprised if they take a playoff spot. Mm. That, right? There's, there's always a few teams that do it. There's always a few yeah. teams. It's true. They could be one of them, even in that tough-ass division right there. They could be one of them, so why not? The boldness is coming out. Bold flavor. Oh, my goodness. Kicking oh, yeah. man flavor in your ear. All right, how about this one? You want, like, the bold flavor Doritos right now. Yeah, right? Let's oh, get me crying. earlier, man. My stomach was growling. I didn't want to growl on camera. <laughs> what, did, what did you have for dinner? What was that? Oh, that was a hot link, hot link with barbecue sauce on it. Wait, what's a hot link? Just sausage. Uh, just like it's just a hot sausage, just some meat, like a hot <laughs> yeah. dog, almost like a hot dog, but it's like sausage though. It's like a like a bratwurst, something like that. Oh, okay, okay. With yeah. barbecue, what'd you say? Barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce? Or- yeah. Okay. Oh, right. I love barbecue sauce. I love. Yeah, that's good. You should try it. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Hot, like, where do you get it from? Like a, like a restaurant? 
You can get it from the grocery store. Oh. Yeah, you can go to like your little where the hot dogs are. Yeah. Right next to it, usually like the bratwurst and sausages and hot links and stuff. Like it'll say like hot sausage. But oh, 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 yeah. Okay. I just don't want to say I'm eating a hot sausage, so that's why I say hot link. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh man. Oh God, who are we up to? I'm lost track. Uh, Sorry, I'm getting hungry. That's why I'm starting to talk about food. <laughs> it is on me. All right, Nikki, I'm going to go to one of your old favorite players who may not be anymore and playing on one of your not-so-favorite teams, even though you drafted their quarterback just to back up. I think that Odell Beckham Jr. is in for a really good season this year. I'm I'm predicting that he's going to have at least 1,000 yards and at least 10 touchdowns for the Cleveland Browns this year. I think that he bounces back major they're going to work off the play action game a lot and he's not going to be, you know, demanding the ball. That's not what I hear out of him. He's just going to be open. Bullshit. Baker Mayfield's going to say, but she's like bullshit. Like, not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I believe it this year. Look, he's got all the skill in the world. We know that he's like a top five, six talent at worst. And I think it's going to shine through this year. I really do because that running game is going to be the focal point of most defenses. OBJ is going to be lined up one-on-one. And I don't think that there's really a cornerback in the league that can stay with him one-on-one. So I'm predicting a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns out of that guy this year. I really am. I definitely am. I don't know. It might, is that too much, Nikki? You said he's not going to demand the ball. He has not been. He really, everything I hear out of their camp, even going back to last year, is that he's full team player. He's not coming back in the huddle. But I was open. I was open. Throw me the damn ball. Like you know where I heard that too, at Giants camp. So no, I don't buy that at all. I think maybe he grows up a little bit. Maybe he grew up. He he did have gray hair. He went from blonde hair to gray hair. So he must have grew up at some point. Something happened over there. I don't know. D, is that too much? No, I think he's definitely capable of doing that. Thousand yards, ten touchdowns. He definitely has the ability to do that um, if he's fully healthy. Um, so I can see that coming true for sure. Yeah, I can. I can definitely see it happening. I really can. I'm not. Yeah, I can't it. wait for the season. I, I just oh. cannot wait to see what ends up happening. This is all on record. This is all. Uh, I on understand. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. This is there forever. It's in the the black hole of podcasting. It'll come out at some <laughs> point. It'll it'll reach us with that quantum leap. And speaking of quantum leap, I actually got one for you guys. All right, Damien, okay. I'm taking a book out of your page right now or a page out of your book. I can't know what the fuck I'm, what I'm saying. A page <laughs> out of your book. All right. So here we go. Here's a page right now. My quantum leap this year, bump it up, bump. This should surprise the hell out of you, but it's going to happen. Sam Darnold is going to take Ooh. a quantum leap this year. He's got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield to help him out. Yes. Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, a couple other guys. I know their offensive line is getting better now. Their defense worry about, but that's not Sam Darnold's deal. I believe that Sam Darnold is going to be throwing the ball. He's going to have a lot of help again from McCaffrey, like I say, being able to throw the ball to him. I can see him having 28, maybe even 30 touchdowns passing this year. I am not kidding. So you heard it here. Sam Darnold will be taking a quantum <laughs> So there it is, my friends. He, Sam Donald, I think, is taking a quantum leap this year. Do you see that possibly happening, Nikki, with his new team in Carolina? I do, and I agree with you, actually. You agree? You know who else agrees? 
Chris agrees. Chris agrees. Yes. <laughs> he says, I love it, Jason. Sam Darnold finally has a team around him. Yes, yes sir. I agree. He's going to take that quantum leap this year. Is it going to be a Josh Allen quantum leap? Probably not because that was incredible. But, D, what do you think about Sam Darnold making a big jump? Yeah, it's definitely possible. Being in a new situation, you mentioned those weapons. Uh, being in a situation where he's with a capable franchise, right? He was in a situation where he was in a, he was in a dumpster fire just trying to stay away from getting burned these last few years. So now he's in a situation where it's, you know, it's something that is made for him to thrive. So I definitely think yeah. that can happen. I like that prediction a lot. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. We got some people agreeing around here. I love it when that happens. Agreeing mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. We don't have to argue all the time. That's fun. All right. Did we miss any bold predictions? Did we have any others before we get into our top five quarterbacks heading into 2021 to close out this episode? No. We good? We got them all? All right. Got them all. Well, let's get to it. Top five quarterbacks heading into 2021. Maybe it doesn't mean that they're the best. Maybe you have a different reason for putting them there, but let's find out. Starting with number five, Nikki, would you like to take the reins and go first on this one? Sure. I did my five, uh, five that I'm most intrigued, intrigued to see. Like I'm very interested and it's funny you bring up Sam Darnold because I didn't rank them in any order. So take it for what it is. Of course, I don't know if I did this assignment properly, Um, but I'm excited to see this kid finally play with an actual real team. You know, I don't think, you know, Caroline is not world beaters, but they're certainly leaps and bounds better than the friggin' Jets who just like toss his kid to the wolves who literally they gave him nothing. And then they were just like, all right, yeah, you know, gone with you. So I'm very, very, very intrigued to see what Sam Darnold can do with an actual team and some actual talent around him. I dig it. I like it. And we're going to get to find out week one against his former team, the New York Jets. That should be amazing. I hope that game is televised. I would want to see that one. All right, it D, who do you guys – what's that? It oh, you'll have it there. Oh, yeah, you're definitely – yeah, New Jersey's going to have the hell out of that game. That's right. I expect play-by-play, Nikki, on Twitter the whole time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what about number five for you, D? Um, at number five for me – I think the true number five is Deshaun Watson, but I doubt he'll be playing this year. Hmm. So at number five, I have Lamar Jackson, number five. Um, I think with his ability to run and with the addition of the wide receivers and them having more of an attention on the passing game this year, he'll be the fifth fifth best quarterback in the league. I I can see him throwing for more than – for him, like 3,800, 4,000 yards is a big year for him passing. Yeah. So I can see him yeah. doing that along with getting like 800 yards rushing. So I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson at five. All right. He gets some wide receivers healthy. That'll be a big deal for him. And, you know, his favorite target, my tight end, Mark Andrews, let them hook up as much as they want. That'll make me very happy. My number five, Nikki, cover your ears, is Dak Prescott. Um, I <laughs> Look. I just, I've just seen him become such a leader, and it's not because of hard knocks. I've seen it before, that how he's taken the reins and taken over that locker room and become the number one guy, you know, his best buddy Zeke and everything. But Dak, he can run, he can throw, he can throw on the run. He can really do it all. He's got an, he's got an excellent arm. He doesn't throw the ball a ton, ton down the field, but now that he's got C.D. Lamb over there, I think there's going to be a lot more of that going on. He, he's really a quarterback that does – have it all. So Dak Prescott, my number five quarterback going into 2021. I'm sorry you had to hear that, Nikki. Let's erase that out of your brain and get to your number four. 
I'm so tired of hearing about the Cowboys and all this talent on paper that they have every year. Every year, it's the same thing. My God, stop. Anyway, the next quarterback I am intrigued by and their storyline of the season is, yeah, Tua. How could you not be? I know we touched on it at the beginning of the show. Um, I know he had a disappointing rookie season. He was yanked out a few times, but he reunites with Jalen Waddle, so maybe that will help. So I would like to see this kid have a full year in there and see what he can do. Look, you know I'm on board with you right there. I, I've said it also. I think that the kid has definitely got it. There's a reason he was drafted that high and coveted for so long and able to throw the ball down the field in college, Damian. So, look. I'm on to it. Let's see him go all year long. There's no pulling him out in the fourth quarter. It's let him, let's see what he can do in the fourth quarter and find out what really, what kind of quarterback he is. Yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with that on most intriguing. I had him as my most interesting player heading into the season. I did my top five most interesting players on the real deal with Damian Adams. I had two at number one. It's going to be super interesting to see what happens with him going into this season with all the talent around him. Is he able to get this team into the playoffs like they should be? So I'm definitely agreeing with that pick. Yeah, nice one right there. Nice. All right, D, what do you got for your four? My number four, I got Josh Allen. Uh, since we're almost at a new season, I have to retire saying a quantum leap. I have to leave that yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have it on a new player now. Um, but Josh Allen, who was a tw- the 2020 quantum leap guy, definitely lived up to it and made me look like I was smarter than I was. Uh, I think he's going to continue to have – uh, amazing career from this, for, this point forward. And this year I can see him going 5,000 yards, maybe 35 touchdowns, even getting less interceptions than last year. So I have him at number four. All right. Well, I am in lockstep with you over there, my friend. I got Josh Allen at number four also for all the reasons that you mentioned. And, yes, he can get better, which is really scary. People are starting to actually compare him to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going there yet. But Josh Allen definitely has got everything going on right now. It's amazing his development from year one all the way to year three. And having, look, we have to give a lot of credit to his offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, for opening up an offense and showing him what an offense could look like, not like at Wyoming, where it just looked like a bunch of dirt all over the place. It was a hot freaking mess. So a lot of credit goes to Brian Dable on that one. I agree with you, Josh Allen, at number four. Nikki, you're number three. Uh, my number three quarterback I am intrigued by is Daniel Jones for every friggin' reason in the world. Uh, again, <laughs> I, like, you know, the offensive line, God, Giants fans have been asking for an offensive line for like 10 years now. So maybe one day, someday, if they'd like to address that, that'd be great. But he's got the weapons. He's got the defense. Uh, like, there's really no excuse at this point. So I... I wonder if he takes his quantum leap. I, it's a homer pick, but I really intrigued to see what he does for this team. It's it's make or break it for him. It totally is make or break it for Daniel Jones. And let's see if Gettleman says that because I know they're tied at the hip, Damian. But I mean, look, he's got the weapons this year, especially you know have Kenny Galladay stay healthy and Saquon stay healthy. There's yeah. zero excuse. That's it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Zero excuses. This is his make or break year. You know, two it could be. Daniel Jones, it is his make or break year. It is. It is. I totally agree with that. There's no question. Unlike Sam Donald, who gets a complete reset in Carolina, we'll see what happens with him. So, Nikki, I like where you're going with your list, like the intriguing quarterbacks going in, like, you know, who's, you know, 
like they're kind of like on the ledge. They can either go this way or they can go that way. So yeah, we're going to find that. I like that. All right. So we are up to D your three. Yes. All right. Let's do it. So for number three, I got Russell Wilson, your guy, y'all guy, <laughs> Russell Wilson. Uh, nah, he's still a monster, still can make something out of nothing. I think better than any quarterback in the league, except maybe Mahomes. Outside of Mahomes, you know, improvisational skills, Russell Wilson's right there. Uh, sometimes he improves, he improvs a little too much, um, yeah. but he, can, he definitely has that improv skill that, you know, very few people have and the monster arm, the just the ability to read the defense, be able to do everything on the field. So Russell Wilson, because of all his all his skills that he brings to the table, I have a number three. So do I. I have Russell Wilson at number three. He was under immense amount of pressure last year, especially in the second half when his defense was hurt and not showing up and he had to score 35 points a game. Otherwise, they were going to lose. And he was able to do that and get them into the playoffs. They lost to the Rams. I understand that. But again, they were a really banged up team. Russell Wilson, one of my favorite players, as you guys know, which is sacrilegious for a Niners fan to say, but the guy can do absolutely everything, like you said, on the field. Maybe not quite to Mahomes level, but I mean, if anybody's right there to me, it's Russell Wilson. So I'm really intrigued how that entire team is going to look, but I know that they're going to score a lot of points on offense. Nikki, your list is really awesome so far. I'm very intrigued as you are intrigued by these quarterbacks. I can't wait to hear your number two. Um, I'm not a fan of this guy, but I am very intrigued uh, to see what Jared Goff does end up doing in Detroit. So Mm -hmm. let's keep in mind, you know, Detroit is a completely different market. It is a small market. There is zero talent on that team. Um, It's just... You know, I wonder, is he going to elevate this team? Is he going to do – what can he do for this team that Matt Stafford didn't do? Because clearly they feel like they got an upgrade. I, I don't think so. But um, I'm intrigued to see how he's going to handle this. I think there are so many storylines around Detroit, if you really kind of look at it. I know it's easy to throw them away, and I just said a half hour ago I forget about them. But um, I, I'm really interested to see what he does and how he handles the change. Yeah, the thing with Goff to me is if he couldn't do it with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Everett and Tyler Higby and having a good running game behind him with the mind of Sean McVay, how the fuck is he going to do it in Detroit with nailed with knee biting Dan Campbell and Brashard yeah, Perryman? Going to bite you know, knees? That's what they're. I mean, <laughs> really, he's going to have to do that when he's getting sacked fourteen times a game. He's going to have to bite kneecaps on his way up. That's exactly what's going to happen. So it's very intriguing because again, we forget he was a number one overall pick, and take that for what it's worth. But if yeah, if he can improve Detroit, that would be amazing. But yeah, the reason why Damian and the Rams made that trade is because they believe in Matt Stafford and gave up two first rounders for him. Yeah, uh, like the Lions were pretty much doing Stafford a solid. They were like, you know, I know that you served your time here, you know, <laughs> and that you know now we're going to let you go somewhere so, else. <laughs> and like they were like, oh, can we we can get a quarterback back? Cool, we'll take Jarek off and see what happens. Uh, I don't think they really believe in him in that way. He's just a stopgap guy. And if they can get like the next great quarterback coming out of college, they'll do that next year. Uh, so I can see why it's intriguing because you want to see if he can do something in a different you know, uniform, see if maybe you just need a change of scenery. But like Jay said, he had the best scenery around him. Like he was in this just amazing, glowing ocean beach just <laughs> in this amazing scenery and didn't make it work. And now he's going to this snowy terrain and now he's got to try to make it work from the rough. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll see, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be a rough one. Jared Goff is. I remember having this conversation a couple of years ago with a few coworkers of mine, and ironically, it was the year that he had gone to the Super Bowl with uh with the Rams, where they scored three whole points against the, against the Patriots. I said, I just don't see it with this guy. I really don't. And um, they proved me wrong that year, but I have had bragging rights ever since that one. So I can see it there. Damien, how about you? What do you got next? Uh, number two, I got Aaron Rodgers. Still that bad man. You know, he can make every throw on the field. Still very mobile. Uh, he should have used his mobility in the NFC Championship game a little bit more. Uh, but we'll let that go. <laughs> He'll have, you know, LaDonna still mad about that one as she was asking my man Darrell <laughs> about that during the draft. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, man, he still can make every throw in the field. Some of the the accuracy that he has is just amazing. So you just gotta have, go with him at number two. Yeah, I I can listen. That totally makes sense. And I, I'll tell you right now that my number one and my number two are Patrick Mahomes at number one and Aaron Rodgers number two, respectively. But I thought about going the same route as Nikki did, is looking at the number one and number two guys as maybe out-of-the-box guys who we really want to see who may have a chance to turn their teams over and, you know, become real deal. And your name, one of them, Tua, I really like a lot. The other one for me, and he might be a guy on your list, is Justin Herbert. I mm. I just can't wait to see what happens with this team. You know, Derwin James, please let him stay healthy and get the rest of that defense, you know, together. They can rush the passer with Joey Bosa and Ingram on the other side. But that offense can be absolutely phenomenal. And Herbert can throw for 5,000 yards this year because we know they love to throw the ball out of the backfield to Austin Eckler. You got Williams. You got Keenan Allen. So I- I'm really loving this team. And I'm loving Justin Herbert and really interested to see if, like, was it really a 31 touchdown, a 10 interception fluke? I highly doubt it. This guy seems like he's got it all to me, Nikki. So that's why I have him at my number two right now. No, yeah, he's not on my list, but he—he's definitely intrigued. Um, my—I'll call it my number one. Yeah, I think it would be actually out of this whole list. Ben Roethlisberger, like, dude's like forty now, right? Like, I just—I don't know. I have them coming in fourth in the division. I don't know if he's just gonna light it up and and take him to the promised land and ride off into the sunset, or if he's gonna make the Steelers wish that they had their replacement quarterback by now. I just is he gonna make it all season? Is he gonna get hurt in week seven, eight, and then miss like four or five weeks? And I forget who the backup is. D probably knows. Like I just so many questions. I just don't know what we're going to get with this team. I don't know what he's going to do. So I'm very intrigued to see what we get out of a 40 year old Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. Who's his backs up? Uh, Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. That's who he's got over there. So yeah, yeah, he better be holding it down for a while. Um, But a lot of people believe that Dwayne Haskins is the heir apparent to Roethlisberger. You think that Damien? Uh, He could be, he definitely has the talent to be that. Um, didn't live up to it in Washington, but again, that wasn't the best situation either. Um, but yeah. he also didn't make the best decisions, right? We saw some of the things that he did that led to him being, you know, just put out, you know, <laughs> putting out where the good law split him. Uh, so that's <laughs> <what he> <laughs> so for him. Hopefully, he learned from that experience and now doesn't take it for granted the fact that he's in the NFL. Um, so I think being behind Ben, he can learn some things. Also, just being in that organization, Pittsburgh is a great organization. So yes. being there, he can learn some things as well. He could be the heir apparent, and he'll have to be ready 
sooner than later because he's going to Big Ben's going to get hurt. So he has to be ready unless Mason yeah. Rudolph wins that backup job. But yeah, Mason Rudolph, cool. we've seen his movies already. He's not good. Right. Uh, so at least with Dwayne, there's some potential there. Mason, we know what his ceiling is pretty much. Yeah, they need a new TV show at the at the backup spot over there for Ben Roethlisberger, no doubt, especially if they need mm-hmm. one this year. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, so, Nikki, I like where your head's at. Damian, you're number one going into this year. Of course, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yes, sir. Absolute monster. Uh, the pass he made in the Super Bowl still blows my mind. When the one where he was falling down and yeah. threw it 30 yards and hit Tyreek Hill in the face. Yeah. I can't even blame Tyreek Hill because he's, like, probably just so shocked that the ball got yeah. there. <laughs> He's like, he's like, is a ball really coming at my face right now? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, just plays like that. The fact that he was, you know, running for his life and still was out there making plays. So, hopefully, this year he's not running for his life. They revamped the offensive line, and he'll get to see the best of Patrick Mahomes. He can make every throw. He's not the fastest guy, but he's fast enough to where you have to worry about him running the ball on you. There's no weakness. He can. He's out here faking behind the back. Did you see the video of him faking the behind the back pass? And then throwing it in practice. Yeah. Like he's just he just unreal, man. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes is number one for sure. Yeah, and like I said, I agree with you on Aaron Rodgers, two, Patrick Mahomes one. We agreed Russ Wilson third and Josh Allen fourth. You had Lamar Jackson five. I have Dak Prescott. So you know I agree with you. But um again, going Nikki's way, how I wanted to go one and two. We got to see Kyler Murray. T- Kyler Murray take a step up. We have to see it now. Um mm-hmm. he's, he could do it with his legs, there's no doubt about it, and we know he's got a good arm. But there are times where he just doesn't make the right decision. And I know that he's short and he can't see over the line as well, which is why he needs to get out of the pocket. So it makes me wonder, do they have to, you know, simplify the offense for him a little bit, cut the field in half or something like that? Or can he really stand in there and make the throws? Because just like Lamar Jackson, like we talked about, you can't rely on your legs all the time. And if Arizona is going to take a step up in this division, he's going to have to get better from the pocket. So I really want to see him develop from the pocket more this year and make the plays that way. That Hail Murray last year was incredible. You want to call it a fluke, whatever, doesn't make a difference. But, you know, he's not my number one quarterback, obviously, like we had talked about. But I'm more intrigued by him than maybe any other quarterback going into this year because he's a number one pick overall. He's going into his, what, third year now? Third season, I believe. So – I'm not saying he's he's not on that make it or break it fringe. I wouldn't say that because he's been playing well enough, but he's going to have to start showing improvements. Otherwise, Arizona is going to have to think about another quarterback, Damian. Yeah, I think that he will show improvement. The word he needs to improve most is those intermediate passes. He was yes. great on the deep ball, great on the sharp ball, but those between like 10 and 20 yards, those type of passes is where he really struggled. And he needs to improve there. I think he'll improve once they get rid of Kingsbury. I think that's when he'll take <laughs> off. Uh, I'm not a fan of Kingsbury. I Kingsbury is on my Matt Patricia type level. Like being here oh. in Arizona, I've seen a lot of Cardinals games. And I just see him making bad decision after bad decision. And it gets forgiven because he's on a lot of people's uh, Nikki's list. He's on a lot of those type of lists mm-hmm. for people because they think he's handsome and just gets forgotten that he's a bad football coach. So, <laughs> I, think, so I think that uh, this year they'll be even more exposed as they have talent on both sides of the ball. And we'll, you know, we'll do our NFC West, I believe, next week, you said, right? So yeah, yeah once, two, weeks, yeah. two weeks. So once we get to that, we'll get more in-depth into it. But I just don't like Kingsbury as a coach. And I think he'll, he's the reason that we haven't seen the best of Kyler Murray. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying the same sentiments as you are. You know, with Cliff Kingsbury, like, how did he even get that freaking job to begin with? He had a losing record in college, for God's sake. So, I don't know, maybe with Patrick Mahomes. He yeah, had with Patrick Mahomes and had a losing record in college. Oh, <laughs> damn, so, yeah. If anybody's on the hot seat, Nikki, it would be him probably, right? Cliff Kingsbury rather than Kyler Murray. Yeah, and he should be off everybody's list. Ladies, if he's on your list, <laughs> yeah, <he's on>. trash. <laughs> they, the ladies don't like losers. All right, let's yeah, get no, we don't. We, don't. <laughs> we want winners. <laughs> can't can't win with them. Can't do it. <laughs> Classic soundbite right there. Classic. Absolutely. The biggest overreaction of all time. Oh my from, god! From Mike, from Mike Singletary. <laughs> He took it to a whole – from the second he kicked Vernon Davis out of that game to that press conference, he just went freaking ballistic, man. He yeah. really did. He thought he was wearing number 50 for the Bears back in the day going <laughs> – Yeah, I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger overreaction than that one. I know, right? Oh, man. It, it reminded me of – Daryl Green wasn't an overreaction. He said, we let him off the hook. We know who they are. We, let him off the hook. we get some great sound bites from coaches, man. Like, playoffs? Are you kidding me? Playoffs. I got. I love that stuff. Oh man, I love this show. Third and three, we rolled tonight. Over two hours, man, nonstop, no commercial breaks. Like a bunch of you chumps out there, and your three and your four letter networks. We don't need that stuff. We do it the right way, all the way around. Starting with Nikki from downtown New Jersey. I don't even know if that's right, but it just seems to right. <laughs> yeah, so I went yeah. with it. <laughs> oh man, Nikki, Nick, tell them what's yeah. up. Where are you at? Uh, I am on Twitter at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. You know my my Giants tweets are going to start revving up here, and uh, yeah, of course my reality TV below deck and Housewives. So anyone's interested in that, but uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. And apparently, plenty of people are no doubt. And watch out for those Giants tweets. Look, if you guys come at her with some other NFC East team, Eagles, Dallas, Washington, mm-hmm. start like glamorizing them. She will destroy you. She will make you never want to get on social media again for the rest of your life. She will take Probably. you down, I promise. Probably. <laughs> Nikki holds no punches back, man. She would be a hell of a boxer, D. There's no doubt. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Haymakers all day, no jabs. Haymakers, no jabs. <laughs> That's right. Just Tyson uppercuts all the way. I love it. I love it. <laughs> And you, my friend, are the real deal. Your top fives, your single show, you're amazing, man. Tell them what's up. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so you can find me on social media at the real deal WDA. On Twitter, you're gonna get a lot of boxing, especially this weekend. We got Manny Pacquiao fighting, so I'll be doing. I'll be live tweeting about that. Uh, we'll have also, of course, my Saints tweets. I did a little bit during the preseason game, but not too much. I'm warming up. It's preseason for us too. <laughs> so I had to. Warm, I got to warm up and get into it. I fell asleep in the third quarter. So we got, we got, we got the fans got to get into regular season shape too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you'll see a lot of Saints tweets, a lot of boxing tweets, uh, some some things about TV shows. I'll never watch them live. That's my problem. I have to get better at watching TV shows live to live tweet because usually I'm watching afterwards. I'm catching up on Below Deck, hey, so yeah. I'm, I'm catching up on that now. But it doesn't, you know, you can't tweet about it as you're watching it afterwards. It's not right. the same. So <laughs> I have to get better at doing that. So for me though, basketball, football, boxing. And make sure you check out my podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams. The last episode was the fantasy football draft that we all did. It was 10 elite podcasters going at it. Some excellent trash talk, excellent football knowledge. Very, very fun time. 
and everybody who's listened to it so far, I'm getting a lot of good feedback on people enjoying the episode. So go ahead and check it out and subscribe for future episodes, please. Yeah, no doubt. I had a lot of fun in that episode. Nikki and I both did. It was, it was great. And I would love to do it again, actually. That was so much fun. Yeah. So let's make sure we do that live draft next year, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, we got another draft. Yeah, well, have to do it. Have to do it. Yeah. Got another draft coming up August 29th. You know, we'll talk about our draft teams on that one. See if we went with some of the same players. See where our mindset is at. Different opponents in this league. So it'll be a lot of fun. I am the Sports Prophet 1 on Twitter. My name is Jason Fearman, humbly with these two, my two of my best friends in the world here, Nikki and Damien. Love you guys, my brother and sister. Absolutely. So we are family and we are here every Wednesday night. We will be back. We will be talking more preseason action. Next week, we've got the NFC South. Damien is going to go crazy when he's talking about his Saints and when he's talking about other teams. No doubt. Can't wait for it. Then we got the NFC West and, of course, all of our predictions the day before the season gets started where it's Dallas, Nikki's hated team of life, going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the first Thursday night game that Wednesday before. We're going to give you all the dirt, all the predictions, who's going to the Super Bowl, MVP, coach of the year, rookie of the year, all that good stuff. So a lot more great things happening on third and three. But until then, we are out. Let's say peace, guys. Bye. Peace. Later. Till next time.